Welcome to the green room with Claude and Justin. Uh, we are not talking about laws. <laughs> oh, we are. Yeah. We never do. Uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, as I was saying, um, I think one of the reasons that I was, uh, a, you know, particularly a fan of Locke uh, in season one, more so than later, but I continued to somewhat pin hopes on him later for this reason, was that, you know, he did care about the mysteries of the island. By the way, we should tell people the topic. Um, <laughs> Okay, uh, I thought somehow they'd just infer it, but you're probably right. Um, we were just, of course, lamenting uh, issues with loss, but uh, specifically the idea that that then um, you know not not only did the, the audiences go into the show sort of thinking we get the answers to the mysteries, but more specifically, I think we most people were were tied into the idea that the characters would be our way to find out mysteries of the island. So if you invest in the characters, they would be the way we would discover why this island is so crazy. And of course, that's not really what happened by the end. So that's, you know, so that's sort of the crux of, of you know, a lot of dismay is that, okay, well, then why were we following these characters? Like, the characters are cool. That's, that's cool on one level, but the second level of them being our way to find out answers didn't really happen. So that's sort of the topic. So where do you, what were you saying? Yeah. So what I was saying was, uh, one, you know, one of the things that really drew me to Locke early on was that he w- he was really interested in, you know, discovering answers to the mysteries of the island. You know, much I, like the audience. Yeah, and I would go so far as to say he was kind of the only character that was interested in doing that. Um, Definitely. You know, from from the main group and. I think retrospectively, I can read Locke's death as the death of the idea that the characters were really going to uncover the big mysteries, mm-hmm. you know, because none of the other characters ever really cared about it. And I, I, I think, you know, they only cared about what they had to care about. Yeah. You know, they weren't going to be the type that were going to, you know, just ask questions because they wanted to know. Yeah. You know, um, you know, there had to be some reason. And I remember early on thinking about, you know, characters like Sun and Jin, for example, that, you know, well, they don't really care much about the mysteries of the island now, but they're going to have to later. Like, circumstances are going to make it such that they have to start caring. That's sort of what I always imagined happening. Yeah. You know, and that didn't happen. (laughs) No. Even when they were in the middle of crazy circumstances happening. Yeah. Uh, they only cared to the extent that they needed to. Right. They were they were totally put in the situations that I thought would force them to care. It just mm-hmm. didn't force them to care. Jim well, time traveled. Jim time traveled, which is a ridiculous <laughs> statement. And uh, <laughs> what's crazy is that they never they the characters are in those crazy situations, but I think the problem becomes they don't have an avenue to find out the answers. True. Right? One of the, or it's just a good avenue, the easy avenue, is because one avenue is Jacob. Yeah. To find out some answers. But he's a recluse. So yeah. he doesn't want to give you answers. Right. So it's like, okay, even though Jen is time traveling, he, he really, even if he was interested in finding out why, why he's time traveling, he has no way to do that. I mean, what is he going to find out? 
Right. That the donkey wheel is off his axis. Okay, what does that mean? <laughs> right. Yeah, see that that's where that's where the mystery goes further. Mm-hmm. You know, then then I feel like you want to ask what you know, what's up with the donkey wheel? Exactly. You know, who built it? And, how and does so it how work? Is he in the middle of his regular story drama that they wanted to have, how is he going to get to that answer of why he, why he's time traveled? See, you like know, I, I guess yeah, you're right. Out and not have him be interested in that. See, I was envisioning like he would be forced to be, you know, like I guess roughly I would imagine some scenario where. You know, the donkey wheel was broken, so they had to figure out how it worked to fix it or something, you know. So and you're that, saying something something like, I don't know, Jin's going out, surveying the area and making charts of electromagnetic energy, and then, I don't know, maybe comes across the orchid area where, the, where he could go down and find the wheel through all that time in the 70s. That would have been cool if that was his mission, if he was like, you know why did it be time travel and he's trying to get back to sun and all that stuff and yeah he, that would that would have been interesting but no yeah that would have been see and that would have tied in you know that would have been a good exactly the kind of convergence I was looking for between what he wants as a character and you know having having mysteries of the of the story uh, revealed mm-hmm. you know those are that's what I expected to happen like something along those lines. Well, you know, and the, of course the problem with something like that is then then it becomes, well, what, you know, if he's going to go down to the donkey wheel and find that out, then he's he's going to have to do something, right? Like this is either going to be he moves it and they all flash to the future or he moves it and it prevents the incident. Like it's going to have to have some sort of consequence. Right. So I feel like, you know, it's not going to come up because, you know, they want – they want the other version of the incident, right? They want the shootout around the Swan build site, you know. They, you know, and it's like, where would Jin be in the middle of all that kind of stuff? Yeah, you know. But right. I mean, I, I think they could have done something like that. Like I said, you know, being tongue in cheek, obviously, with that description because they they got so close to that story, even so much as to have you know Zoe come back and say, "Here's a chart of yeah. all the." Electromagnetic energy that you made, Jin to Quan. Um, yes. You know, so they they definitely, you know, I wouldn't have been. They may have thought of something like that, you know. But yeah, you're right. They they put the characters in the crazy situations, and they still weren't that interested in figuring out why these things were happening. Yeah. But again, I think it's because the avenue to get that answer is so cumbersome. Yeah. You know. Um, Again, when they when they all flash back to the to the present in season six or whatever, like, you know, they didn't they didn't they spent two seconds talking about that. They really didn't seem that you surprised. Know, it was a, obviously, it was because Juliet was at the bottom of a well. Yeah. You know, but like. Um, but it, even it, when the all the commotion was over, that. I feel like they never took a moment to say, um, "That's weird." That's that, <laughs> Yeah, right. That was that was weird that they never took a moment to say, well, at the very least, Jack got us back to our regular time. Yeah. Period. So we you know, detonated or, this this hydrogen bomb and mm-hmm. we time traveled back to our present. That's not what we were expecting, but it's something. It's pretty mm-hmm. strange. That's not what we thought would happen. Mhm. You know. And it's actually it's actually the second best thing they could have wanted, right? Yeah. Like, the number one thing is for them never to have landed on the island. That's what right. they were thinking would happen. And the number two was, okay, they they get back to where they were. Yeah. 
So the second best thing happened, which is not too shabby when you're talking about time travel. Right. But I think I think the question remains, you know, why did that happen? Mhm. And forever it shall remain. <laughs> yeah. And and I I think, you know, really when I think about it, I would say that uh uh you know, um, uh, and you know, the other thing I was going to say was the 316 flight having something to do with rectifying all that time travel, too. That was another plot element they wanted. You know, yeah. the island wants them to come back. That's why right. they're, that's why they're flashing through time. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, <laughs> It's it's bits like that where the story of Lost gets super frustrating because on the one hand they sort of tell us that well you know Ben just didn't turn it right and so it's just mm-hmm. kind of a weird arbitrary accident that they started time traveling, but on the other hand the island wanted to draw back the candidates mm-hmm. and so and their friends were in trouble because they yeah so it, it it forced them to you know time travel to put them in trouble so that that would draw them back you know um so that you know so you have like it's it's similar to the Desmond situation where you know the plane crashes because arbitrarily on that day Calvin tries to leave and Desmond goes and kills him mm-hmm. on the other hand Jacob brought them there it was totally yeah. intentional and a complete accident at the same time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like that's just, I, you know, I don't know what to do with information like that. <laughs> you know, <Why> not? Like, <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Which well, one is it? It say, shouldn't be you both. Would that, you would say that um, Jacob, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the simple explanation is uh, Jacob, uh, you know, was responsible for the events of getting everyone on the flight and the flight being in the direction of the of the island. And the next part is up to you why he thought Desmond would press the button. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, or, or or maybe the plane would have crashed some other way on the island if that didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, I, I you feel know, like or you could say I, maybe... He knew it would happen somehow. Exactly, yes. I feel like part of the implication you end up running into is the idea that he actually knew that would happen. And I feel like you have that element with 316 as well, you know. You have them uh, building the runway. You have, I mean, Jacob sends Hurley on that flight. I mean, he certainly seems to know that that's going to be a useful flight to be on in advance. And Mm -hmm. it's sort of like, well, I don't know. His his advanced knowledge seems pretty limited when it counted, but in these other situations, it seems like he really he was really you know able to uh, predict future events. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, like to me that's frustrating too. Like I I want to say that's the answer, but that's too you know it, if you follow that to its conclusion, you know it it seems like he he should have been able to do a lot better if he actually had that kind of foreknowledge. He should have known what man in black was going to do mhm, you know yeah, I think there's there's something with the idea that he just i don't know there's i think i I imagine in my head that you know Jacob doesn't really he doesn't really sort of know the future specifically so much as he knows that 
you know, if he gets everyone that he wants on 8.15 and, and gets them to the island by flying on the island by a certain point, they will be there. They will, they will stay there, you know. So, because, you know, there's only, with just the way that the events happen, where everybody is around the world and how they actually get on 8.15, you know, there's there's only so. Um, what am I trying to say? Um, there's an end. There's a there's a date. You know, the date of the flight is is something like the earliest that could have happened, right? Because you know you can't. You know, two weeks ago they couldn't have really had everybody on the flight because you know Jack's dad isn't in Australia yet, right? You know, that kind of stuff. So like. There's a window of opportunity, I think, you know, sort of minimum time where everyone can actually get on the flight by whatever Jacob's doing and whatever's going on in their lives. Um, so I feel like that kind of thing he can know, you know, he can sort of know what he's doing in terms of getting people on A15, right? But then I think, obviously, like I said, the weird thing is is with Kelvin and uh, Desmond, and maybe he knows that they're going to have an issue eventually, <laughs> and and maybe he knows that that'll that'll uh, that'll mean the buzz won't get pressed. But it is weird to have all that online without really really saying you he knows that at that particular time all of these things are going to align. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, having them all all in Australia is another part of the problem you know because i mean <laughs> a lot of them didn't live in australia and a lot of them were were you know were just coincidentally quote unquote there at the same time mm-hmm. you know so how well, do I think you, some even, of that is some of that is he picked people who would be there i think because i don't think necessarily like somebody like michael i think like i you know i think you like you, you, you see, you look at Michael's how he, how Michael got to the island, and that starts when Walt is born, right? So that series of events starts with Walt is born, basically his wife, yeah, or his not his wife, really, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but Walt's mom wanted to leave, and eventually take him into Australia, which takes like twelve years of events for that to happen. Versus something like Jack and you know with Christian, you know, um, Christian just you know decides to go to Australia, so Jack right. goes to, to to find him. So that's sort of a smaller, you know. I feel like I feel like that's something like Jacob could have done, you know, somehow persuaded Christian to go to Australia. Yeah, two or yeah. three, four weeks ago, whatever. Right. Versus knowing the full range of events that's going to lead Michael to go to Australia. So I think something like you know. So I feel like some of the people that were chosen, it was it was it was not necessarily like. Um. He spent. Uh, Jacob spent. 20 years trying to get them to, to Australia, it was like, they're going to be there anyway by other things that are going on in their lives. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that just makes it a little bit easier for him. But, I mean, he's, 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 he's got to have some, some powers and some, some clairvoyance, right? Yeah. Uh, just a matter of what extent. Right. Right. And you know, and again, again, I guess you could even say in their defense, you know, or Jacob's defense in terms of why he doesn't use his powers in other situations is, 
you know, he's using it to bring people to the island, which is something he admits that he does. Yeah. Um, but, you know, other situations I think would be classified as, you know, him intervening. You know, if he if he came to Jack and says, hey, Jack, you're the candidate and I need you to win, you know, right. this fight. Like, that's him intervening in this game that he's playing. Yeah. About the nature of humanity. <laughs> right. Which he says he doesn't want to do. So I think I think that, that might be something like the simple answer. But, of course, that's, that's sort of a writing answer. Yeah, it kind of is. And I also think it's weird to partition off, you know, uh, bringing people to the island from your non-interference clause. Well, that's part of the game, right? It's like you can recruit whatever players you want for the game, but once the game starts, you can't. You can't interfere. Right, right. It is weird, but it makes sense in a way. Yeah, but it just feels like, you know, to play the game, you – at least for Jacob, to play the game, he has to kind of violate his own code. Well, no, to play the game, he's – well, I think I think you could say something like he's he's recruiting people that he that he's more convinced will win, right? He's if, if the game is football, he's recruiting the top football players, which is something like the good people or something, and he's hoping when they get to the field they'll play well, you know. But his thing is, I'm not going – when they get here, I'm not going to interfere with them playing. I'm not going to tell them the rules of football. I'm going to recruit people who already show me, you know, have the skills to play football slash be the leader of the island or whatever. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all I was saying was he has to interfere to get them there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So – you know, well, otherwise there's no game. Without well, players. yeah, but it's just it's just strange to have. You know, I'm going to take this position about the right way to play this game, but like I violate it up until the point where the game actually starts. But I mean, like I said, maybe that's weird, but that some games are like that. <laughs> I mean, games have rules. I mean, that's. That's just the rules of the game. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess when it's when it's um you know when it's ethical, it seems weird to turn off the rules for a while. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If it if it were just if it were just chess or something, you know, it wouldn't strike me as odd. But like they're really talking about morality, you know. So and it just it just seems strange to have like this moral point of view that you just put aside you know, for a while. Like, that's just not the way morality usually works. I'm not sure what you mean. What What is he putting aside? He's putting aside the view that uh, to interfere is to not allow people to make their own choices. Mm-hmm. And to not allow people to make their own choices is not to give them, you know, their own moral freedom. Well, yeah, but that's not the, that's not the game, right? Like... Like the game isn't isn't. I feel like the game has two parts. The game is get players, and then the and then the then the other part of the game is play the game. So he's not. So the game is people making their own decisions on the island. The game is not people making their own decisions in the real world. Like, but I so think I that's like his not, larger point. I mean, it's supposed to be about humanity in general, and the island is yeah, just uh, is just yeah, a stage on which exactly. to. That, and that's why it's, I think that's why it's like that because the island is a stage. He's got to get people to the stage to play the game to make his point. Otherwise, they can't. He can't. You know, they have no. 
there's no point to be made because they can't see the outside world. That's the whole point of the game, right? They don't know what people like in the outside world. They've never been there, you know, when they're originally talking about this game, uh, creating this this band or whatever. Um, so that's why you need to bring people to the island to, to, to you know, prove one of them to right or wrong, either them right or wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I understand that. So it's, it's, I feel like it's, it's, it's maybe weird, but it's, they said it's not violating the rules, I don't think, because I think the rules are pretty clear that, you know, Jacob's going to bring people to the island to play, and then when they get there, he's going to be hands-off. Yeah, but and I... Let them, and let them just do whatever they're going to do. Right, so, but, yeah, so, but when you look from outside the point of view of the game itself, you know, you know, Jacob has to make somewhat of a moral compromise in order to play. You know, in order to prove his point of view correct, he Mm -hmm. has to violate a certain part of his point of view. But that's the thing he's, he's, he's saying, but he's only violating if his point of view is that, is that it's wrong to intervene in people's lives which I don't think is the topic of the game. That's not the topic of the game, but it is a belief that he has. Why, and well, why is that a belief that he has? Because that's what, that's what drives him to not interfere when people are on the island. I mean, that's what he says. Oh, does he? What does he, what does he say? Because yeah. I thought the point was he's not interfering so that the people can, so it can be obvious that the people, you know, the people are the ones who have to prove they're good or bad. And if he intervenes, then he's ruining the test. He's interfering with the test. Right, right. But what I'm saying is if you're going to interfere in people's lives and bring them to the island, you have limited their choices. You have constrained them. You have violated mm-hmm. that point of view. Well, but I feel like his point of view isn't that it's wrong to do that. Because he's, he's doing that in the real world. Like he's making them come to the island. So he's interfering in their lives in the real world and not interfering in their I should say interfering in their choices in the real world and then not interfering in their choices on the island. Now, if he says, which I think you, maybe he says, that it's wrong to interfere in people's lives at all in general, then, yeah, he is violating his, his ethics. Okay, so, okay. so you don't think he thinks it's wrong. You think he just doesn't do it I think Yeah, I think it's, I think it's that's that's the only way you can make this work, this game work, is if you have players, at, you know, come to the island, right? Somebody somebody's got to play out this 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 idea on the island. We need chess pieces on the island. How are we going to get chess pieces? Well, I'm going to go to the store and get chess pieces, even though, you know, something something chess piece. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like even though even though. The game is not going to be started until all the all the pieces are on the board. You know, I don't think this is a good game. I think it's you know I I I don't want to sound like I'm defending the logic of you know how this is all working. Of course, like because I think it's a silly thing to do. Spend a couple of eons trying to prove humans are good and but you're going to do this stuff and you're going to be hand- like obviously I don't think any of that is right. But I don't feel like he's he's necessarily violating his morality when as long as he's not saying it's it's always wrong to interfere in people's lives, but I'm going to do it in order to get people to the island, and then I'm going to then I'm going to go back to to my morality as a whole. Like I think that that is weird, but I think 
if I think he feels like it's okay to interfere in people's lives because he does it all the time. So I think he thinks that's fine, and I think he doesn't do it when they're on the island because it's it's part of the game. It's part of the point he's trying to prove to the man in black that, you know, people are good. Here, I'm going to let them be good. And, of course, the problem gets confounded when man in black is like, I don't have to follow that rule. I'm going right. to interfere with him. Yeah. You know. But part of it, of course, is a problem because uh, I think it's a writing thing that Jacob doesn't interfere, you know, because uh, otherwise he'd be coming and telling people, you know, <laughs> giving them good advice all the time. Uh, which is a problem for the show. So I think that's a, that's that's really the reason he's hands off. Right, right. So, yeah, no, I mean, ultimately that is the point. But I, I do think, okay, so, you know, if you if you just partition off, he doesn't actually, he doesn't actually care about interfering in people's lives. He just doesn't do it, you know, sort of for scientific reasons, I guess. Um, you know, the reason that you don't interfere with it. Yeah. Like, the reason you don't interfere with a test subject when you're doing a scientific experiment, that's the reason. Exactly. You go recruit the subject, you get somebody who has, you know, uh, insomnia or whatever you're studying, you, 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 you know, you interfere to get that person. You're being biased in getting who you want for your test or not, depending on what you're doing. And uh, and then you put them in the test, and then now they're in the constraints and the rules of whatever the test is. And if that means you don't touch it, you don't give it, give that that project water for two days, then you don't give it water for two days. Yeah. Even if you watered it before the test started. Right. So here's the line. It's it's pretty ambiguous, of course. Richard. Uh, oh. Uh, Richard, but if you brought them here, why didn't you help them? Okay, sorry. He just said, uh, what happened to the people you brought here before me? Jacob says they're all dead. I hate them. (laughs) Jacob says they're all dead. Richard says, but if you brought them here, why didn't you help them? Jacob says, because I wanted them to help themselves to know the difference between right and wrong without me having to tell them. It's all meaningless if I have to force them to do anything. Mm -hmm. Why should I have to step in? Mm-hmm. So and yeah, then they me, and then they bring out Man in Black and stuff, but yeah. So to me, to, he's saying, um, yeah, it's like the test is meaningless if I'm interfering with it. So I the test is meaningless because he does interfere. <laughs> I mean, you can uh, say that at least. Say it again. So according to him, his own test is meaningless because he does step in to make it happen. Well, yeah. I mean, he he steps in at various points. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, at a certain point, he has to, right? Because it's like, well, he's dead, and he's got to transfer power over or whatever. I mean, like, there's... No, but, I mean, he steps in in terms of, you know, making things happen so that people come to the island. But I feel like the test hasn't started yet. The test doesn't start until they get to the island, because that's what he says, right? He says, what happened to the people before me that you brought here? Not what happened. What, we, they're not talking about people in the real world, like in general. They're talking about people who came to the island. What happened to them? They're dead. Yeah. Why didn't you help them? Because it's meaningless if I, if I help them. He's saying when the test starts, when they get to the island, if I'm telling them not to talk to man in black or if I'm telling them to, you know, don't fight with each other or if I'm telling them, hey, here's the light cave and this is what needs protecting, you know, then these people can't make their own decisions, and then I can't tell Man in Black whether I'm right or wrong because I've interfered. 
I feel like that's what he's saying. Yeah, but the problem with that is that he brought them there so that they would have, you know, so that they would have the chance to encounter the man in black. And if he had left them alone, that wouldn't have happened. You well, know. Here's the deal, right? Here's the deal. This this is a bookmark point in this in this whole concept, right? Because before then, like, you know, when the test starts, he's not thinking man in black is going to ruin the test. But what happens is. He, the man in black ruins the test, and that's yeah. what Kent and Richard are talking about, right? Yeah. So this is the next part where he goes, okay, I need, I need to reexamine how I'm administering this test because I'm getting this negative quality put in on the test via man in black. Right. I need to put in a positive quality to kind of counteract that so my test results are more, are more even. And so he gives Richard the hemisphere the, the position, basically. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's a shitty thing, but, like, I feel like it's ma- it does make sense. But it, it, just, it does kind of, it is weird because now they're changing the test. And it's a stupid test. It's an unfair test. You are right. I mean, he's changing these people's lives to come here. But I think just in terms of what he's talking about, I think it does make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to interfere when they're here. I'm <laughs> going to interfere all day long, out, you know, before they get here. Otherwise... I don't know how to get people here. You know what I'm saying? What right. I mean? So so I agree it's a coherent idea. There's there's nothing there's nothing completely ridiculous about it. I get it. But I just I think it's what I'm saying is I think it's kind of morally ambiguous. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And since the subject of the experiment is morality, I feel like that yeah, no, that's a strange like, thing. Yeah, it's something like it's something like proving trying to say, "Well, I think man is the best hunter." And I'm gonna take uh, take a man and then put him on an island with wild animals and then you know yeah. I'll give him weapons though and I'll see if he survives. It's like okay, that's you know that's <laughs> you're trying to prove something, but it's that's a bad way to do it. Right, right. And it's 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 taking it to another level that it's sort of about the goodness and badness of people. You know when when they're not in, when they're not interfered with when they're free to make their own choices. And to, to to even set that up, you you have to direct their lives in such a way that they crash on this crazy island. So okay, there's like four or five parts to all of this. You know, I think we named like two or three of them. The other part of this, of course, is that Jacob is picking, like he says later, when when they actually talk to him when he's dead. Um, I love sentences that you get to come up with. When you're <laughs> I know. Um, and. Um, you know, he basically tells them why he picked them. So, right, so it's not yeah. that he's just picking people at random and he's interfering with their lives and sort True. of being morally ambiguous by doing that. But he's picking people who 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 are dead inside. What did he call it? Yeah, they have they're broken or something. Or, they were flawed and they yeah they they needed yeah. the island and yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean that so, was so, so that's another element to all of that of why he, he's he's picking people on why they're coming to the island. So I really think part of it is it's just confounded because there's so many elements, right? It's not just he's making a point about the nature of humanity with his brother. No, it's it's that he's trying to find candidates. It's, he's trying to find people who will get an experience out of coming to the island. It's like all, these, all of these things are Jacob's, you know, reasonings throughout the show at various points. Right. You know, which makes it, which, which models it. It does. It does. And I think they, the as far as the final season goes, since, you know, we have to complain about it at least once every podcast, I would say, yeah, 
I would say that one of the problems with it is that, um, you know, they they introduced all these disparate elements and, you know, in terms of in terms of Jacob and the man in black and kind of failed to they failed to really tie them together. Like They never spirited them again. What? All those despaired elements? Oh, they, they never spared them. To, That's right. That's right. Or re-spared to them. <laughs> they really didn't. They really didn't. And I feel like they just left them hanging there, you know, because, like, Man in Black never even gives a shit about Jacob and his experiment. Never, ever, ever. And, like, and, it, and honestly, he kind of wins, right, because he goes to Jacob's cave and he throws out the white rock. Right, which was which I think was emblematic of that experiment, of that whole rivalry, and that's all he get is he throws it out, and so he's like, "What's that?" He's like, "Inside joke" or whatever he says. Yeah, you know, and it's like that's that's all we get. Yeah, from from century from millennia of of uh, you know one of the longest tests of human <laughs> psychology ever. Yes, yes, uh, is just thrown out of the cave window. So. Yeah, yeah, he never even references it directly. Mm-hmm. You he know? forgot about it. He probably forgot it was even happening. Yeah. I think that's the problem is, like, he was busy trying to get off the island, not trying to make this point of, with his brother. Yeah, he didn't care at all. And, and you know, Jacob actually never mentions it either, you know, as a ghost. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's know? not important by that point. Yeah. It just isn't. But, you know, I feel like, I don't know, I just, I kind of want the characters to understand they're a part of this, you know, they're mm-hmm. a part of this long-standing, you know, drama experiment. Yeah. In, in addition to kind of the more short, short-term issue, which is Jacob needing to be replaced. Because I feel like that's all they ever find out about. You know, they don't really realize what was going on in general. Here's the here's the question that I wonder. What's the conclusion to that? If they if, if they do find that out, they're part of this grand experiment about the nature of humanity. Like, what do they do with that? <laughs> I don't know what they do with that. And how and how does how does it you know how does it come to fruition in terms of the characters? Like, Jack, you know, if you didn't just prove by the last six seasons that man was good, you wouldn't be able to be the new protector now. You know, I feel like it'd have to be something like that. Yeah. That would tie into whatever's going on when they explain it. So I just don't know what you get out of that. I think it should have been left between uh, Man in Black and Jacob, and it should have been, you know, Man in Black telling Jacob you were wrong or Jacob telling Man in Black you were wrong. One of them, they they should have had some sort of final... Final message yes, to each other yes. about that. Yes. Yeah. No, I agree. I I don't know what the characters are really going to do with that information, but um, but I I feel like it would give them a better understanding of what's going on there. Because mm-hmm. I feel like the stuff Jacob tells well, not him really not really though, right? I mean, because I mean, like honestly, how much of that test is really pertinent to what's going on on the island. I I um I mean directly none, directly none. But I mm-hmm. I I don't know. To me it resolves if you, if you want to understand the various people who've come to the island and why, I think if you realize that there's this guy who brings people there 
in order to prove the smoke monster wrong that people are bad, I think that gives you an idea of why so many people show up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. at least. Yeah. And, and you realize that you're a part of that. And you even, it even, you know, if I'm there, it makes me reflect that, you know, the things I did are a part of this experiment. Like, that's kind of weird to realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think they could have, you know, when Jacob was talking to them, he could have said, you know, it started as this. Yeah. The wanting to prove that human, that man was good, you know. But, see, that's the thing. Like, he, he tells them why he brought them. He just doesn't expand it to why he brought other people. Right. And what and that would, of course, come into his whole, the whole test idea. Yeah. Yeah. Because he doesn't make clear, like, I didn't just choose you. I brought other people here, too, mm-hmm. for different reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, there's because and I mean, they're not worried about that either. But it's like the others. I mean, they're all people I brought here also. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. It's a great show. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You ready for some outlaws? Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for joining us on the uh, old green room. We'll be back with the podcast. Welcome to the Lost Lowdown Podcast 98 with your hosts, Claude and Justin. What's up, guys? We are continuing our commentary series back with episode 116, Outlaws, which uh, I think is the Sawyer episode. Absolutely. Everyone's favorite outlaw with daddy issues. (laughs) Um, Yes. So listeners are hopefully aware we've been releasing two versions of our commentary series uh, podcast, one that just has our audio, so you can sync with us and then watch the episode with us, uh, and then another version of the podcast with the audio from the episode we're uh, commenting on uh, included, which is basically like a standalone version. Um, so there's two feeds where you can get our podcast, our feed burner feed, which is what we use for iTunes, and then the LPN. Lost Podcasting Network feed. Um, so from this point forward, we're going to just be releasing our standalone podcast uh, on the LPN, but both versions of the podcast will still be available on our feed and our website, which is what, Justin? Uh, well, the easiest way to get to it is just uh, com. Oh, nice. That's very handy. Yes. It is. It's a great thing to have. Um, and uh, while I'm at it, I guess I'll just mention that uh, you, if you want to contact us, you can send us an email. People are doing it. Um, People are doing it. It's a cool thing to do. Yeah, uh, lostlowdown at gmail.com. Uh, that's good. And um, if you want to maybe comment on podcast or whatever, uh, you can uh, come to the blog page, which I just mentioned, or you could go to the forum which is at uh, tlld.net. Nice. All right. Well, I don't remember much about Outlaws. I feel like this is the episode where we um, – what is this? Is this the one where we where we find out about the, the fake Sawyer? Uh, the, the, the the guy who he thinks killed his parents? Oh, 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 oh. Or, yes, I think I think that's what happens, yeah. Okay, okay. I remember that being a pretty good episode. 
So do I. So do I. And like I, I, I can kind of tell you some facts about what happens because I know them objectively, but I really don't remember this episode hardly at all. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I struggle to recall more than a scene or two from it. Yeah, I feel like I haven't really seen this in a, in a very long time. Yeah, like when I went back and watched like bits of Lost, I didn't usually go to this episode, so yeah. it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see what's in here. I don't really know what to expect. <laughs> you know, I guess like I guess in in Confidence Man, we found out that we found out that he's a con man, but you know, it it came out of his parents being conned, and and then we did find out about the letter. Yeah. Was that also in the in uh, Daddy Issues? That was in Dead. Wait, that's Jack's episode. No, that yeah, that was in Confidence Man. That was in Confidence. That's what I mean, Confidence Man. Yeah. Uh, I keep thinking because it has to do with his dad. I keep thinking <laughs> it's Daddy Issues. <laughs> right. Uh, and it's like he's looking for Locke's dad. Right. So There's weird. a lot of dads hanging around doing There's bad stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a lot of bad daddies. There are. Um, okay, so so yeah, so, there, so we learned about the letter. So okay, so this this picks up right after learning about the letter, right? We know that he he's mad at someone named Sawyer, who you know he took that person's name. Right. That was the revelation at the end of the last one. So give me that letter. Yes. <laughs> Let me read it to you. <laughs> you want to kiss me now? You want to kiss me now, Freckles? <laughs> Did this just enhance the mood for you? <sighs> yeah. Cause didn't she not want to kiss him? Any? What was that kissing? Yeah, that scene was totally weird. Like, she didn't want to kiss him to begin with, and then he's yeah. like, "All right, you ready to kiss me now?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never really wanted to, but okay. Never did. Now I really do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. Um. All right. Well, the uh, synopsis on this on Lostpedia is uh, Kate and Sawyer bond while hunting a boar. So, you know, <laughs> a little wordplay there with the word boar, maybe, and some of the storyline. Um, <laughs> Okay, okay, that that makes me. So this is the one with the boar. This is the boar. Okay. Which which I remember being slightly uh, less annoying than his tree frog. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's next season, right? Yeah, that's season two. Yeah, the that's tree the tree frog was kind story. of a half-hearted retread of this plot, I think. Mhm. It's sad that chasing the boar is original. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it almost seems like they were building up to, I don't know, maybe I'm making too much of it, but it almost seems like they were building up to this weird idea of these, you know, these animals, like, go, you know, going after Sawyer for some reason. Well, you know, you could there's you could say these, these are smoky, right? All well, okay, you're right. Animals are smoky. And I remember the spiders, there's a small mm-hmm. monster that killed, the one that killed, uh, uh, paralyzes uh, Mickey and Paula, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably his weirdest kill of the whole show. I'm just gonna turn into a spider and <laughs> paralyze you so that you'll get buried alive. Mm-hmm. Like that's genius a genius plan. It's just really random. Yeah, but like I don't know. 
He never. He didn't usually kill like that. No. Special case. Yeah. Hey, he only uses telekinesis. You know, one. <laughs> That's true. That's true. He's very sparse with his powers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the kind of thing where, like, I'm I'm really surprised we didn't see. You know, when we would see Smokey like attack people who are shooting at him. I'm really surprised they didn't have the guns just fly out of their hands and into the smoke cloud. Oh yeah. That's and, true. Then, and then the whole time we're like, Whoa, that's so weird. Is it magnetic? Is it is it electromagnetic <laughs> man? You know, and he's really theorizing that that's why and then yeah. later we find out he's got telekinesis. Right. And then that's why he could just rip it out of you. Like so I'm kinda of surprised they never did that. I am too. They they could have easily done that. Mhm. That's so strange. Something tells me it's because, <laughs> you know, he wasn't originally who had the telekinesis in Jacob's cabin. Right. And they just threw a little telekinesis at the end when Locke, when Locke uh, frees Ben. Right. There. So, I mean, that's the only time you see it. So. Yeah. That's why, I think, because they, really, they didn't really have that as a major idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. It, it would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to throw that in there, it just seems like you should do something with it, a little more than what they did. Yeah. You said about a lot of things. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, well, this is day 29 through 31 on the island, so um, apparently. So I'm, I'm, I'm anxious. This is three days. Okay. This is a long boar hunt. <laughs> Wow. Well, I can't wait. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a lot of. I don't know. There's gonna be a lot I guess of drama. That means we'll, get, we'll get at least two nighttime scenes, like two night. Hopefully, at least like two nighttime. Uh, yeah. Sequences or something. Yeah. No switching days. I never All really right. paid attention to like how many days were passing. I just kind of. Mm-hmm. Went it never with mattered it. really. No. If, really if it matters, they'll say we've only been here yeah. for X amount of time. Right. My writing works. It is. All right, you ready to start? I think so. Um, one second, one second, and yes, I'm ready. All righty, everyone, get your players ready. We'll do the three, two, one, go, and uh, watch some outlaws. Yay. <laughs> Alrighty, here we go. Alright. Three, two, one, go. Alright, so this is going to be Jack-centric, apparently. Apparently. How many drinks did you have at lunch, Dad? Love that. Yeah. Wow, there's a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Damn, they really want us to know. Yeah, it's back to her. Yeah. I know this is know. the confidence man stuff. Look at that face. <laughs> That's just when he's, like, pouting. Like, he looks like he's 
you know, that kid. Just yeah. That. Yeah, I think that's the idea. Mm-hmm. That was weird because he was standing up before and then now he's like hurt in the bed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Something less violent than this is like going on at Claire's house, right? With when Christian would show up and be drunk at the door. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. This is like a horror movie scene. I was just gonna say this is a total horror movie scene. Like this under the bed, like you don't see his face. Mm-hmm. shadow on the ground. And you don't know who it is. Yeah. You know, as an audience, you don't know who it is at this point. I mean, You're right. You're just a guy. <laughs> well, I guess we know about the mom and dad. Yeah, I mean, that. they told you that. Yeah, so right. You should that's infer right. that, but... forget about that. He lucks out. I really think he lucks out that the dad was in such a weird position to just kill himself and not actually... Like, I got to kill my son, too. Yeah. I mean, he went into his room. I feel like the implication is that he was going to. He was, go- But it wasn't like that was part of his, like, ultimate plan. It was like... Right. You know, it was more about his own state of mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the boar? <laughs> oh, no, you did dig my tent. <laughs> There's so plenty of time, Sawyer. Let him that have it. ridiculous. He was running pretty fast, though. He was. He beat the poor with a bat. Uh-oh. Those dead people showing up again. Mm-mm-mm. That boar's whispering about him. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Wow. Wow, they really uh, go all out on the... Uh, on that horror element. Yeah, they do. Especially that early. Pretty, that's pretty strange. They rested that whole uh, teaser on the whispers. Yeah. You did. You're right. Locke was lying. <laughs> Oh, 
<laughs> Thank you. so weird right now. Because <laughs> it's like, what is he implying happened if he doesn't believe Sawyer? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's a weird scene. That is a weird scene. Oh, okay. It's going to be about the whispers. Uh, that was the connection. Man, that's a long time ago. Yeah. We're never going to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) See, and that's what's weird is they're implying that they understood what the whispers were saying or at least the possibility that they could discern what they were saying, you know? Yeah. I think they're also telling us it's the same whispers. Yeah, they're definitely saying that, yeah. Nope, he's not trying to con her. <laughs> Is that what they're calling it? <laughs> the kids call it. Whoa, it's a T-1000. Oh, God, I forgot he was in this. God, that's weird. From the future, he's looking for someone named John Connor. <laughs> Oh man, that would be awesome if they did a weird Mm -hmm. carryover. Like I don't know who John Connor is. I'm just gonna try to con him real quick and get some money out of him and send him on his way. Uh oh. Character development. Yeah. <laughs> this the thing I just said made it even. <laughs> See, this is something like Jacob intervening. That's what it seems like, yeah. Although that, you know, leads Sawyer to killing an innocent man. Yeah, that's true. Spoiler alert.
Yeah, it's like a hardcore killer to me. I think an, an interesting thing about Sawyer's story is that the Kaiman actually didn't kill his parents. Mm-hmm. You know, he just took yeah. the money and left. Yeah, exactly. Jack always looks weird in that cutoff thing. Yeah. Cutoff shirt. <laughs> Yeah, when did he stop wearing cutoffs? I don't know. Weird. They're purpling it up, though. Yeah. It's a lot of purple. It's not even season six yet. Yeah. It's like a... Look at detergent commercial. Tied with color bleach, protect your your like case case is all nice and deep for right. his, his has been washed twenty times with the leading you know the the, other yeah, leading, leading competitor. <laughs> <laughs> and look, the arms have fallen off. <laughs> You might be right. 
<laughs> I love that. Go tell Locke and he'll kill it. <laughs> it's that. It's that. It's that. Sure, he'll just kill boars. You know. Everybody has the same. She was just like Saeed, like working yeah. and like totally doesn't believe him. Thinks he's overreacting. Yeah. Oh, that's why we saw Christian in the in the previously on. I remember now. I don't remember. Do you remember now? No. Maybe maybe someone might be crossing the street pretty soon here. Oh God, really? That's gonna. Oh yeah. I forgot that was this early. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or at least, I don't know if the crossing the street scene is there, but I think the the bar scene is there. Yeah, the bar scene. The cross the street was with Anna Lucia. That's yeah, that's too. far later. There's like a that's a triple cross there. He already sold you the gun. <laughs> yeah. He's telling you this after he took your money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's he's done this long enough to know that he's not gonna do his his pitch before he can sell the gun. Yeah. That's funny. Oh now they're gonna bury Ethan. Oh wow! Whoa! Oh, that's what he was doing. He's building a shovel. Yes, maybe? that was weird. They insinuate that he might come back from the dead. I think yep. there's some shot here where you can see him breathing. I remember that. Yeah. See if we can find it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so I guess I should be able to catch there it. There it is. Is that it? Did I you see him breathing? breathing? Yeah, you can see him breathing. Okay, I didn't see it, but I never noticed that shit. If you kind of look where his hand was, you can see, uh, like, his stomach area sort of going up and down. It's very minor. Okay. I'm surprised. I don't even know if that's the actor. Well, Saeed's workbench. Yeah, I don't think it is. We gave it to them. The resident killer. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> hmm, poor tracks. That's what he's thinking. <laughs> oh, look who tagged along unexpectedly. Of course he did. He's not gonna make a habit of that. That was such a country thing to say. It was. I'm tickled you're interested <laughs> in my affairs. <laughs> She's been following him for hours. 
Wow. This is the beginning of the end of the stash. Yep. Although this car blast thing doesn't really last, as I recall. It, it does last. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Is this what I think it is? Not this scene. Oh, wow. Seminal. Wow. So this is uh, Sawyer and Kate around a campfire. Sawyer drinking alcohol. I'm sure Kate... Oh, Kate's drinking water. I think uh -oh. she'll be drinking the alcohol soon. Yep. Uh-oh. <laughs> I've got a lot more of everything. <laughs> wow. What a statement. Yes, you are. Apparently <laughs> so. Because you're stupid. <laughs> That's kind of what I was expecting. Because you spell your while you are. <laughs> Sawyer drinks the whole bottle. <laughs> I do that every day. <laughs> I read a lot, though. Mm -hmm. So I get confused about this and everything. So if you drink, you've done it. If you drink, you've done it. Exactly. Okay. So he thought it was sad that Kate hadn't been to Disneyland. Yeah. But doesn't that mean he hasn't been to? Yeah. Because he's saying I never. Okay. Well, they got there pretty fast. Damn, yeah. What about Cassidy? No. No? It's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Season three. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. It was the guy from Firefly. <laughs> Lock would have to drink. <laughs> that is a weird thing to drink for. Yeah. Like, I can watch a whole season of them doing this. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> Because it's all character development. And yeah. All, and that's all it is in this really fun, open way where they can just, it can be any questions on the table, anything they want to talk about. And it's very rare to get a scene, scenes that have that much freedom of what, what you're talking about. Yeah, you're right. It is. <laughs> 
And, and I like how it starts off with like really general silly things, and then it, it turns mm-hmm. to like really specific personal issues that are pertinent right now. Yeah. Drink up, Freckles. If only she, you know, killed him for real. <laughs> I mean, she killed him for real, but you know what I mean. Yeah. But he lied. So he said, I'd never killed a man and made her drink, and then he drank. Yeah. So he lied to get her to tell the, to, 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 to show if she killed the body. And then yep. he's like, oh, just kidding, I did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's Sawyer. That's what he does. That's what he does. Why they come back to this? Oh, God, and it's the boar? Okay, that was a dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the man in black totally did that. Yeah. That's him. He does dreams. Well, or is that just a dream that Sawyer is having about this poor situation? Fine line, fine line, but I say it's Man in Black. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I think he's the boar. Mm-hmm. And he reads her memories. I think it works. Mm-hmm. Like, and he was the there. Boar just did the, yeah, so I feel like it could just be him imagining the boar thing in his mind, but it's... it's, it's it could it's, be, I agree. Either way, either way. Since it wasn't like a direct dream, it wasn't a dream that made him really do anything, you know. True. Didn't really communicate much. But it did associate <laughs> the boar with his father. But I got to say, it's uh, a little weird to talk about the smoke monster. Lock comes out, <laughs> eating a papaya or mango or whatever. It is. What? You can't say you don't wear cologne if you wear cologne. <laughs> people are been next to you. Yeah. People don't smell like cologne. <laughs> yeah, it's not like accidental. Like some people just smell like that. No. <laughs> Who's he talking about? Her sis, his foster sister. Oh, jeez. Yeah. He was crazy. 
Oh, this is his foster it's mother? It's his fake mother, yeah. This is after Albert has been to visit him at his house. Yeah. Which was silly. So he had two crazy mothers. Yeah, apparently. So this board see, is this is that is that the smoke monster? It really he's comes across smiled. like it he's is. Smiled, he smiled like that was totally yeah, man in black. That was the man in black and smile. And he's telling him, like, this boar is your way to get over your past. Yeah. And, like, it back to haunt you. That's so weird. It is. Wow. That could have been him time traveling. Oh, God. <laughs> I guess it could have. Australian money is pretty colorful. I always thought this, like, shrimp stand out in the middle of nowhere was weird. I guess that's a thing, but (laughs) you just kind of, like, go way out in the country just to go to this, like, shrimp place? I don't know. Well, I don't know if you go out there. I just, you know, people in that area probably go to him. That's just where he is, you know. He probably lives nearby. Like, do you think the idea is that he catches the shrimp? Like, Maybe, is it local? Yeah. He might be... Well, I imagine he does live in that area, but um, I, I don't know if he's a fisherman, too. He could be, I guess. Okay. That's a, you know, that's usually a full-time job, but I don't know. See, he's at Tennessee, Maybe that's where I got it from. But I guess he's lying. It's kind of arbitrary, though. (laughs) We should charge the Aussies full price. This is almost like Memento, where it's like, he thinks he's got the guy. Yeah. Because he has some evidence, you know, tell him this is the guy, but... Uh Uh-oh. But it all just came from that other guy, so... Mm -hmm. And it's all circumstantial. Yeah. Who is that wise man in the corner?
See, he's calling them cowboy. He's got daddy issues. Yep. Wow. Christian Shepherd. See, this is why I love Lost, because you get this stuff. Yeah. You get this, oh, look, guess who had a conversation? (laughs) Yeah. And, like, Anna Lucia just dropped him off. Yeah. You know, you don't know that, but she did. Who is she? Oh, you'll meet her next season. <laughs> She's in the tail section. And that's that shot. Jack met her at the airport. Mm-hmm. She's going to kill some Shannon. Great, some great uh, cinematography here, too. Yeah. But I agree. Like, the character crossover thing was a really cool thing for a while. And particularly this, like, what's good about this scene to me is that it develops both Christian and Sawyer at the same time. Mm-hmm. And says something about Jack. And says something about Jack, yeah. they both have issues with Jack. I also think it's cool to actually see Christian, like, wallowing in alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Because most of the time we don't see him like that. Like we know he's an alcoholic, but we usually see him more together than that. Yeah. No, this is his fatal last weekend. Yeah, exactly. Only an island will tell. (laughs) This is like, this is, you know, a bit of information that, you know, as soon as you hear this, you just can't wait till Sawyer can tell Jack this. Yeah. You have to wait a long time. For this to come up. That, like, half-shadow lower light thing is really cool. Yeah. He, he really is like he really is a dark character. I, I think he was a good choice to be a smoke monster avatar. Yeah, I, I always thought it was weird that Christian sort of inspires him to go kill the wrong guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think that's a weird element to that. It, well, it's, it's a great it's a great comment on the nature of advice. 
Yeah. Because you can you can give people advice that you don't necessarily know how they're going to use it or what it means to them. And this is not what he was telling the story to go do. He was talking about weakness. Oh, right. Weakness, but but the weakness to kill someone is different from the weakness to make up with your son. Yeah. That's the point Sawyer is missing. But yeah. <laughs> couple seasons. <laughs> God, so now he's going to go talk to Claire. Mm-hmm. Somebody just handed him that. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So crazy. I can follow you. It's weird because Sawyer was going to go kill the – Kate got upset about the baby, but he was going to kill the mother. Yeah. Oof. That's not on the shrimp special. love it. He doesn't he doesn't even get like further than that. 
Yeah. Not like he, it's not like he reads the whole thing and goes, and at the end goes, I'm coming after you, Sawyer. Who? Right. It's like at the very beginning, you're wrong. He's wrong. <laughs> This rain is great. This is the thing Memento doesn't do. Mm-hmm. Like, really tell us exactly what was going on. Yeah. He just owes the guy money, so... He's well, we see a version of this in Memento in terms of... Um, uh, with Carrie Ann Moss's character, right? Like... He, she ends up getting uh, him to Leonard to to beat up Dodd and all that. That's true. Uh, so we get a like a version of that with those with those people. He he still of course doesn't know if she did that, but right. But the audience, but the audience know knows. Part. Yeah, the audience knows. I mean, that's the smoke monster. Yeah. It just is. Uh, who else is it? <laughs> like, this is just a weird boar otherwise. It is. Like, he's not with other boars. Is he a killer or isn't he? The bullet's just going to bounce off, so... Ah. Or maybe the gun will jam. Or that. (laughs) But don't they need to eat boar meat? (laughs) Nah, they got plenty of food. All right. Or not. This week. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This is They're fine. Like, they could come back with, like, fresh boar meat. Yeah. What is she looking at? He left. <laughs> it was a weird shot. She's looking. She's just looking. She's looking, like, at, towards the camera, but he was gone. Uh-oh. Indie uh, montage. Yep. Uh, while playing with Vincent. Vincent playing fetch. Look who's working on a raft no one's talking about. Yeah, they didn't even mention it. They're get, they're pretty wow. far along. Wow. They're not even talking about that. No. Yeah, I think it's weird that it's not clear who comes to Saeed or Hurley and says, I'm worried about Charlie. It's it's Hurley coming to Saeed yeah. saying I'm worried about Charlie, which makes Charlie go back to talk to Claire. Right. Yeah, like she just didn't really see that there was anything wrong with him. Mm-hmm.
great. <laughs> Pulled a gun on you. That'd be funny. Yep. <laughs> Told you to stick it. Jack walked into that one. Yep. I remember that from a flashback. This is everything you need for Sawyer to, to to just for them to make the connection. Yep. Come on, tell us. Tell us. Go. Tell us. Oh Wow. There it is. Damn Sawyer, really? Mm-hmm. He's not the best friend he's ever had yet. No, that's right. Uh, that's right. He can't, he can't tell him yet. <laughs> or the closest thing he has to a friend. Yeah, yeah. Friend. Kind of the same thing. Yeah. Oh, wow, that was the end? Boom, that's the end. Wow, I didn't expect that. So that's why that had that Christian Jack thing in the opening. It, yeah. It, it ties into that. That was that was the big ending of the episode. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's the first. I guess that's one of the first big crossovers. Yeah. Seen. I mean, we've seen some people at the airport. The airport not really, stuff. Not really yeah. like interacting though. Right. And nobody that this is the first time it's like you know one character knows they they know somebody else another character knows. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, you know that boar stuff is is not great, but it's, you know, it's, I guess, just mostly about whether or not he, uh, you know, him dealing with his past in terms of killing the wrong Sawyer. Yeah. Um, But it's weird because it's just, it's just a bore. Yeah. You know, it's it's just this bore being really ridiculous. Uh, And I I guess I want to believe it is Man in Black. I don't, I don't know. The boars never do anything like that. Right. You know, a single boar just, relentlessly tormenting one person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there, I mean, there is precedent for him, you know, being an animal and stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I think, uh, well, not not at this point in the show, but in general, yeah, he can do that. So I, I think, you know, and, you, you know, I, I throw in the possible, you know, dream influence, you know, mm-hmm. he was there, um, you know, and even, you know, even Locke shows up at a certain point. Yeah. So just, it feels like, it feels like all the man in black signals are there. Mm-hmm. Christian's there. Christian even shows up, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's, that. that's how, I mean, in retrospect, that's how I have to interpret it. I think, you know, when I originally saw it, I just thought, 
it was a weird bore. I mean, the the kind of stuff you're talking about is the reason you originally thought that Vincent was a smoke monster. Mm-hmm. You know, the just really strange animal behavior. Yeah. Yeah, it's just animals just don't do stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, like it it has this I don't know, weird like personality or something. Mhm. Goal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's not this is this is pretty much purely a uh a character episode, I would say. Mhm. And you know, it's pretty pretty strongly focused on Sawyer, but they managed to throw in, you know, uh, they they managed to throw in Kate, of course, and and mm-hmm. and then Jack, and we get Christian, and you know, and then the subplots about Charlie dealing with shooting Ethan and stuff. But yeah. but all of it is character stuff. Like there's no there's no plot that ha- like so the biggest plot thing funny. we got in this episode was they're pretty far along on that raft, <laughs> and you have to. <laughs> that in the background. Yeah, it's just in the background. talk about it. No. Well, what's funny is they left the cliffhanger on the whispers, you know. Yeah, they the, did. The, 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 the end was the whispers and what are they, and nobody mentioned nobody mentioned them again after he talked to Saeed about them. Yeah. That was it. And so it's like, well, what about those whispers? Nobody knows. Yeah. Yeah, you're left with that. Mm-hmm. That's a question that you can keep asking yourself until they tell you. Yeah. So, are we going to say, should we say, can I say, I don't know how to phrase that, um, that, uh, you know, the shrimp guy, like, was one of the whisperers, and that's why we hear his voice? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. Dare I ask? I don't want to say yes to that. That's weird. Because we hear his voice during the whispers or something? Yeah, the it'll come back around thing. Uh, uh, sure. <laughs> I don't know. That's a that's a weird one. I feel like so much of the whispers is so much post production. You know, like I feel like they can they can have it do whatever they want it to do. So it's like, you know, I I don't know what to take about with the whispers because you know sometimes you know it it stuff played backwards. Right, and then and then if you if you listen to it and record it, and and then you might be able to tell what they're saying. It's like they don't expect you to do that. So true, but obviously the, it comes around. They make it obvious. That you are meant saying, to hear that right? part. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what to think of that. I mean, if the whispers are are only dead people, then I guess that's the only explanation, you know. But if they they're dead. People, but they they they're they're locked into, you know, the characters' mental states or something. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I just I I don't know. I feel weird saying, yeah, he's the dead guy. He's on the island and he's whispering to Sawyer this one time. Well, I feel weird saying that too. But like, I don't know. <laughs> it's all mm-hmm. I got. It, it just seems weird that the whispers are pretty prominently featured in this episode. You know, they were the, you know, they were the end of the teaser. Sawyer and Saeed have a whole conversation about them. I mean, that's more than we usually get about I the guess, whispers. Here's the question: Does it come back around? Like, did it come back around for Sawyer? <laughs> like, I thought the implication was that, you know, the boar was it coming back around. 
boy didn't do anything. The boy like the boy messed up his him. stuff. But the boy didn't kill him. But it messed up his stuff. One. It took his tarp. Two times. Two times. Oh yeah, that, that his little tent. That's right. His little his little camping area. Yeah. I mean that's it coming back around. I mean I feel like Sawyer should be able to point to other things of it coming back around before he points to the boar. Yeah. Right? Like him stuck on the island is it coming back around. Right. Versus the boar is is fate really really saying you killed this guy who was innocent of the crime you killed him for and to punish you I'm gonna send a boar after you. Yeah, well it just it feels like you know, with Locke telling his story How about this? How about this is the explanation? If the boar is is man in black, then the whispers then what we heard is man in black implying this whole idea. Yeah. You know. That, that, I, I think you got to credit Van Black with the whisper thing, too, because he can read people's minds. Sure. Uh, he's trying to make this boar thing. Because, I mean, you're right. He's trying to make the boar thing seem important. Uh, it's just, it's, yeah, I think it, it, if you say it's Man in Black uh, for all of those things, I'd, I'd buy that more. So you think, like, the whispers are just, they're doing their usual thing, but, like, that extra whisper, that's Man in Black doing that. Mm-hmm. He's just like he's doing a fake whisper, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is just a whisper. Yeah, strangely. And he can impersonate dead people, so he can make he can sound True. like their voice. True. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he could just he could just be that guy. Mm-hmm. I just don't think. I mean, I know there's a few outlying examples of this, but I just I don't want to believe that everybody who dies gets trapped into the island's drama. You know, um, so I don't want to think that just be, you know the that, island what the island's drama. Oh, oh, okay, okay. You know, just the what all the stuff that's going on. I, you know, it's, it's feel like only the people who die on the island should have the the the, the potential to get trapped there as ghosts. Yeah. So, you know, there's a couple people who obviously seem trapped there that didn't die on the island, but I feel like I don't want the whole world to be. <laughs> On the island, yeah. It's a bit much. It's a bit much. It should just be a few people for specific reasons. But But I don't don't want to have the fake Sawyer be dead on the island, and and all we see him do is whisper this one time. But, you know, I just, I feel like they didn't, you know, I agree with you that it shouldn't be that, but, like, they didn't specify enough to really rule out that as a possibility. You know, because... You know, Michael just says we're the ones who can't move on, and his statement is so general, it really sounds like we're all the dead people who can't move on. Well, and again, then then you have to ask yourself, well, is the shrimp guy somebody who couldn't move on, you know? like Yeah. Or does he seem like he could have moved on? I mean, I don't know. Well, I don't but, know. We don't know him very well, so yeah, <laughs> it's hard to say. But, you know, if he's whispering, it seems like that indicates he couldn't for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I just want to use Occam's razor on that whole dead people thing. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, because then otherwise there should be more people whispering. There should, you know, everyone should be whispered to by some loved one by at some point, right? Yeah. Just about. So it's just kind of like there's not that many. There's not well, that many. yeah, that's that gets to my ultimate frustration about dead people appearing. You know, they they they're always they're always just convenient. I mean, they don't. They don't show up as much as they could. Yeah. You know? So they just show up when the writers decide they want to write them showing up. 
So, yeah, that's why I feel like it. You know, it's it's probably only certain people who would be stuck on the island after they're dead. Yeah. You know, I mean, Christian didn't even show up on the island after he was dead. True. You know, and he shouldn't have been able to move on, but I guess he did. I don't he know. He did. No problem for him. <laughs> it's weird because the way See, he died. I think Michael's wrong. I just think Michael's wrong. I, well, I think he's, you know, he's right about people, you, you know, he can't move on from the island or something. I don't think he's talking about the afterlife in general because I, I just feel like the island is, to me, an unnecessary step in the afterlife process as they showed it, right? Because it seems like people who've never come to the island, never have anything to ever do with the island, should just die and go straight to, to Flash Sideways Purgatory, right? To work out whatever issue they need to work out and then move on to the ultimate afterlife versus everybody stops on the island first and then because they, you know, people who, some people go straight to the Flash Sideways Purgatory. Some people stop at the island, then go to the Flash Sideways sideways Purgatory. Like, that's just unnecessary to me. Um, So I want to simplify that whole thing and just say, only people who have their lives intertwined with the island have the potential to be stuck on the island when they're dead. Okay. And since so much of Sawyer, this stuff in Sawyer's episode, I think you can attribute to Man in Black. I want to just say, throw the whisper in there, too. Yeah. You know, if he's the bore, if he's given the dream, if he's making Sawyer re-experience all this stuff in the first place, then sure, throw, you know, add add the whispers in that, too, and it's an all-encompassing theory. Versus he does everything but the whisper. The whisper is the real guy who's just there, and he whispers that to Sawyer, and then he... Does he get to move on because of that? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, it seems like he had his own problems. I mean, he, you know, he was he was borrowing money from, like, gangsters and getting killed because of it. Like, he might have had, you know, other problems in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but it's not, you know... The moving on thing is more than just having problems. It's having issues you can't come to terms with. So. Well, I know, but you got to have problems first to have problems you can't deal with. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, but uh, but the problems that we know he has, he see, he said he was going to deal with them. He said he was going to pay the guy back. That's true. So. That's true. But no, I mean obviously he did. He seems like a person who could have issues, but um, yeah. I mean, yeah, you don't really know anything about him, really, to conclude one way or the other. I mean, Kimi was in the afterlife, you know. He was mm-hmm. a bad, bad guy, but I guess, you know, he didn't really, <laughs> he didn't really have any issues, so he was, uh, he was able to just go straight to the flash sideways and die there, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means. But I love how Jack was just chopping wood this whole episode. Yeah. Yeah, I love there's a lot of episodes where Jack's like doing nothing. Like he's just mm-hmm. kind of sitting back and you know, barely barely participating. We I think we had one or two shots at the cave and then everything else was on the beach. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. 
Beach looks better. Beach is better. Looks better. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna realize that eventually. <laughs> and it's gonna be it's gonna be such a like subtle thing that you know, you you don't even notice that you're not seeing the caves anymore. Yeah, I think with the passage of time, I think you could tell there was that night Sawyer got his stuff messed up by the boar. There was the first night, right? Yeah. Where the boar took his tarp, and we saw the next day. Then he goes after it, and then I guess he and Kate camp that night. They play I Never one night. Right. And then I guess they go hunt some more, and then there's the second night or third night? Where they camp and he wakes up with the dream? Or was that the same night they played I Never? I think that's the same night. Oh, that's the same night they played I Never. Okay. Yeah. And then the next day he goes and they find the boar. So that should be the third day. Yeah, I think that's the third day. Yeah, I think the first day, the first thing like starts on that first night when the boar makes the first attack. Mm-hmm. Which, again, like, showing up in the tent on the beach, like, that, I don't know. That really seems Man of Black style to me. That's yeah. exactly what Yemi did. Mm-hmm. And since, like, the board never does anything like that again, you know, yeah. like, it, it, it was only Sawyer. Like, yeah. That's so weird. It was so, you know, he, he picked up the little piglet as if, like, that was, they tracked the board back to where the board mm-hmm. was living. But it's like, man, that's pretty far from where he was in Sawyer's tent on the beach. Yeah. Now he's two or three days out. So you're telling me that boar made a beeline straight to Sawyer's tent just to, you know, like that's that's just weird. It is. I don't buy it. I don't buy what that boar is saying. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. The boar. All right, well, anything else with Outlaws? Um, I think, I guess I guess one thing they didn't do that has been pretty consistent for this season is lead into the next episode. I feel like I have no idea what the next episode is going to be about based on how this ended. Probably the raft. I guess I so. Know. I don't know, though, but they didn't really – but that's something that I could think plot-wise is yeah. talk about the raft. It probably will be, but like they didn't. It wasn't featured or really woven into the story at all. Mm-hmm. It was like yeah. you said. It was like subtly in the background of one shot. Like, <laughs> I mean, I guess that's cool in a way. But I feel like something about season one that's been cool so far is is the way they've had the plots of the different episodes tie together. Yeah the events of one leading to the next one. Yeah, because isn't, isn't, yeah, doesn't the raft get burned and then they think Jin did it or something? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so it's like they are setting up the next episode by that one shot. Right. It's, very, it's way more subtle than they usually do. It is, yeah, yeah. I would have. I just sort of expected a scene with Michael or something about how far along they are on the raft. Uh-huh. You know. Like, he, he walks into somebody else's conversation. Hey, yeah. you guys got any wire? I'm building yeah. a raft. I'll be through tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. That's 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 what I was wanting. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I got to hide. Walt's coming. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. You guys see my daddy? 
He's trying to get away from you, Walt. Walt's going to burn that raft. Oh, no. Jen did it. Jen did it. It's weird. You see him just playing fetch with Vincent on the beach like he's innocent. Mm-hmm. and <laughs> Like it, he's really doing reconnaissance on that raft. Yeah, like yeah. He, he's playing by the raft on purpose so he can see, oh, there's a structural weakness right mm-hmm. there. Oh, look at that. oh, they didn't put the insulation on this part. <laughs> Yeah, Kids. exactly. You can't trust them. You really no. can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a weird thing about the raft plot. Like, this isn't the raft they use. The first one gets burned. Mm-hmm. The second one gets burned, too. Well, okay, but <laughs> it gets burned after they use it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, any... Pretty much everything on the show gets burned eventually. Yeah. Especially some of the uh, some of the losties. Mm-hmm. Some of the red shirts get uh, burned with flaming arrows. <laughs> yes, they do. After they utter awkward lines about fire. <sighs> we can't get fire in the chat. People who are neither frozen nor, nor yogurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that oh god, that that whole thing is. Well, Fro gets his own problem, but uh, I think the red shirts, you know, I think the red shirts add something. I don't know, maybe I'm maybe I'm making too much out of them, but I feel like having them there, whether they matter or not, <laughs> changes, you know, changes the uh, I don't know, the something, <laughs> the stakes, well, I, I guess. Yeah, I think they're. Uh, yeah, I think they're important. They're you know they're background. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of you know setting our main characters in this backdrop of this larger group of survivors of the plane crash. You know, as later it becomes, it's only them. Mhm. You know, they're not part of this larger story. Well, they are part of a larger story. Well, they're part of a larger story. (laughs) (laughs) They're part of the largest story of the (laughs) island. People coming to the island not knowing what story they're a part of. Right. (laughs) But, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the thing about the the plane crash survivors is, you know, they're going to – I mean, obviously it's inevitable because they did it this way, but it's inevitable they're going to die. That's what happens to everybody who comes to the island. either die or they get – you know, uh, conscripted into the others or something like that. I mean, or, you know, even the others die. So, um, right. that is the part of the island, definitely. I guess I'm just frustrated with the fact that, you know, that they just kind of die. They're just all, like, mass killed off unceremoniously, and no one ever really even mentions them again. I guess they, they get mm-hmm. treated kind of like the Ajir passengers. Yeah. You know, and I guess I feel like... You know, the Adir passengers got, you know, definitely got screwed as well. But, like, since the show started with the plane wreckage and with, you know, everyone was red shirts at the beginning, really, except Jack and, like, mm-hmm. the people he encountered, you know, like, I guess I feel like they, I don't know, they deserve better than that. Mm-hmm. You know, it just seems like such a, such a, you know, a quick thing you write just to get them out of the way. Because, like, you can't have like, 50 people 
time traveling showing up to Dharma and like, hey, you know, <laughs> their story isn't going to work anymore. It's going to be ridiculously cumbersome. Yeah. So I understand why they did it. It's just, I don't know. It just dis- Watching this early stuff, like, it just disappoints me that that, you know, that idea of the oceanic survivors as the core of the show sort of disappears, mm-hmm. you know? Well, yeah, the perspective of the show changes over time. Yeah. So, yeah, that happens. Because some of them leave and, yeah. and, you know, then like... Sometimes, sometimes you're in the 70s. <laughs> sometimes you're in the 70s. And then like, you know, some others join in the fray and then you get some freighter people. And, you know, it's not it's it's not about oceanic anymore. It really isn't. It really. I mean. I mean. You learn that fairly quickly that that's the pattern, right? I mean, even when we find out about Desmond, like you know, it's like yeah, you can get to the island various ways, right? You know, and there's no loyalty with how who you got there with, yeah, <laughs> necessarily. So yeah, the Jared passengers really got screwed. Like yeah, they thought they were just going to Guam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I feel, I kind of feel like the Jir passengers had it better than the Oceanic passengers. How so? Well, because you know, at least they, you know, they they endured one plane crash which was much smoother than the Oceanic plane crash. They didn't actually have to encounter very much that was crazy it was pretty much they crashed uh there was some strange drama you know amongst the people who crashed there but like for the most part it was they crashed there and then this guy showed up and shot them all mm-hmm. that's their so, story so that's better than actually living longer on the island and surviving and finding out mysteries i guess the way i see it the Oceanic survivors suffered more. You know, they had to go through a lot more in terms of, you know, the general stress of attacks by the others, uh, the drama of trying to leave, the, you know, the uh, the freighter uh, mm-hmm. attacks, the time travel. That's basically a quality of life question then. Yeah. <laughs> Would you rather live longer and suffer or live, you know, Suffer for a short amount of time. Yeah, so I'm yeah. I'm 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 sort of voting on the side of living for a shorter time than living longer and suffering. Mm-hmm. Okay. There is, you know, some very good games of I never in between those times of suffering. You know? <laughs> well, there's some so very like, good. There's some very good, you know, uh, holes of golf played during those times of suffering. Fair enough. Fair enough. But like, so the main characters, you know. I would say that's not true for I You know, I'm really talking about the red shirts. Mm-hmm. Well, they did all that stuff, too. Yeah, you're right. You I know. didn't see it. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> I know. I, I, I see what you mean. I just feel like they, I, would, I would characterize the Jira passengers as having it worse because they have, like, no idea what happened. Right, they're they're so they're on the other. I mean, not that the lawsuits find out a lot, the red shirt lawsuits find out a lot, but it's just like they had no, they land and almost immediately as they land, they're getting their bearings. Probably the smoke monster comes and kills them, or 
Widmore comes out and has his men kill them with no rhyme or reason, no idea where they are, what they're doing. I, to me, I feel like that's worse than at least the red shirts who made it to season five. Who, yeah, they got killed in the era attack, but man, they had years or months or you know time to actually be alive. And and uh, I, I don't know, I'd probably want that, even if I, you know, even if it's more suffering overall than just this death from with no explanation. You know, even when the arrows are are firing in the air, they at least know it's the others and they know who the others are. You know, they know the others are people who want to kill me who live on the island and they're trying to kill me now. And if I get an arrow on my chest in my last 30 seconds of life, I can at least know why I'm dead versus I'm getting yeah, killed in the tree by time travels. I mean, you don't really know what's going on. Well, but they know it's, they know it's the others attacking him, don't they? I I guess they do. I mean, I think they know it because if they're getting attacked, it's probably the others. But like, yeah. but you know, I still feel like they don't really understand what's going on in general. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, but who does? Right. I mean, they understand on that first level of why am I being attacked? Yeah. That's you know, true. Whereas the Jira passengers, you know, like I said, getting pummeled on a tree with a, by a smoke monster, like, they have no idea what that's about. Yeah. And then they're just dead. I, to me, I feel like somehow that's worse. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I guess, you know, to me, um, uh, you know, I mean, you know, it, you have to do some kind of some kind of calculation, I guess, to make it totally right, but... I would say in general, you know, uh, uh, you know, when you're talking about extremes, suffering is worse than death. Mm-hmm. I think it depends on the suffering, but <laughs> yeah, I, I see, I see your point. Because you know, if, if are we just talking about the red shirts? Yeah. I mean. How much suffering do a lot of them have? I mean, well, they it's hard were to know, in... but I think it's to me it's unquestionable that they suffered more than the Jira passengers. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just by time constraints. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, they went I don't know. through. I just think there's, there's, yeah, I, I get your point. I, I, I buy your point. I just think when you factor in the fact that they got to actually live longer and have more experiences. To me, that 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 makes it better than just. And you know, I wouldn't say the they end, have to live longer. Gonna, both, both groups are going to die, right? So all things being equal, they're both going to die. Yeah. One is going to die with less suffering. Yeah. But one is going to die with less experiences. I mean, so, less, I don't know about less. I mean, really, the oceanic people die before the Jira people do. So, you know, if you were born at the same time. You know the people who got I'm on Jira. I'm talking come, about on the island. Yeah. Last time on the island. Okay. Yeah. 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 But was it good? I mean, is the island really gr- a great place to spend time? I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, I was just thinking about reason, if it's going to be the reason you die, then I'd rather figure out what more about what's going on than not. Okay. You know, like if if I'm on a plane going to Guam and all of a sudden I'm on this island and I I don't even know it's a mysterious island. You know, right. I feel like I'd rather die knowing I was even if I don't know why it's mysterious, know that I was that the answer to why I'm on this this random place that's not Guam 
you know, that it has an answer, like you're closer to the truth, you know, even if you have to suffer more to get through that. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, I guess I don't feel like the Oceanic people were that much closer to the truth. Well, but they, they at least knew that it was mysterious. <laughs> they yeah. knew there was a smoke monster. They knew there were other people on the island. I mean, they knew more about the island than, than the Jira passage. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But what's I, it worth if you just die at the Like, what good is that knowledge going to do you? Well, you get to you get more life. I, I just somehow I think more life is better than than, than less life. Yeah, I, feel I like mean, if you're both if you're gonna die either way, right? You're gonna die either way. So, do you want to die knowing suffering more yet learning more, or do you want to die suffering less and learning less? I think I mean, that's a judgment call, but I think I choose the first one. Okay, I mean, let me simplify the situation just to see if like it really goes this far. So, like, let's say you have a machine that can do like two things. Okay. okay. And it it can it can either kill you instantly or mm-hmm. it can just activate, you know, the pain nerves or whatever, you know, basically just make you feel pain all over. Mm-hmm. It can only do those two things. So, mm-hmm. here's your choice. Turn it to the pain thing for like let's just say at random something like 3 months. Okay. And during that time, you'll be explained that there's a machine that's making you feel this pain. Or number two, you just flip it to the death switch and you die. Mm-hmm. Do you say the the sort of suffering version is better? Now, I would I would ask for what the parameters are first, right? So something like, if I turn it to the pain first, is it 100%? Hours until my death, I am in pain. There is no yeah. respite. Yeah. I, I, nothing. There is no, and I know for a fact there's no hope of. It's these two options of nothing. There's no hope of it being my being rescued. There's no hope of the machine yeah. breaking down two months from now. None yeah. of that is in the picture. This is yeah. just one or the other. You're for sure, like you're guaranteed to have these two options. Yeah. Be what happens? Yeah. I, I would say, uh, I would say the death is probably better in that case. Okay. Okay, so yeah. it doesn't go then, that but, far. But if you go one step, one step further, or one step away from that, and say, okay, it's death instantly, or pain for twenty hours a day, and then four hours of the day, no pain, and then pain for twenty hours of the day, and then you know for three months. I think I don't know. I'm getting closer to having a harder choice now, you know. And then if you say pain for twelve hours a day, then twelve hours of no pain then paying for 12 hours a day, then, you know what I'm saying? So there's a continuum there to where I'm getting life experiences and I'm not suffering as much versus, you know, in comparison to how much I'm living longer that I think changes that answer. And I think with the lofties, it's like, you know, yeah, they have, they're going through some stuff. There's people who are trying to kill them here and there. And they, they, there's, a, there's a hatch that might, you know, kill everybody, you know, sometimes, and there's, you know, there's all this stuff that's going on, but there's so much time where they're really just hanging out, and they're really just having fun and living their life that I think I would choose that versus choosing to be on 316, and very shortly after I land, I just get indiscriminately killed. Right, right. So, I mean, I just, I created the absolute situation just to see if, 
You mm-hmm. really, you really think suffering is better than death in no, all like circumstances? I, no, I said it so, has to do with it has to do with you know the fact that you're getting to experience more life. Now, if the life you get to experience is just all suffering and pain, yeah, because that is life experience, actually, you know. Yeah, yeah, and that that's like I just don't see much value in that, mm-hmm. you know. And but, but they're getting they're having other they're having other experiences too. Not but yeah, I like I I get what you're saying, and I, like I'm not even really talking about the last situation. I th- I mean I think that basically just comes down to how do you judge you know how do you judge the merits of the life on the island versus the suffering on the island. And I'm just making a judgment call that it's worse, and I'd rather be on a JIRA personally. But, you know, you're saying, well, I, you know, in my opinion, they, they had it good enough, the oceanic survivors, during the time they were there, that it outweighed the whatever suffering they had to go through. And so it was worth it, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's fair. I mean, and, I get it. And some red shirts had it better than the others, like the pilot. He had it pretty bad. Right? He had it more like the Dura passenger. See, yeah, I feel like the pilot land. had it better. <laughs> See, he got to be he got to be mauled to death by a smoke monster, which he, the heart, you know, horrible, tormented death. Versus, you know, someone who gets shot on the island, or someone who gets, you know, stabbed with an arrow and they, you know, in the chest and they die pretty fast. Like I feel like even he, that to me, I wouldn't choose that. You know, the pilot's death because he's his last moments of life is horrific wondering and and what is attacking me why is this sounding like a t-rex yeah it's a smoke monster (laughs) and i hear a train coming you know and it's like all of that and and you just mysteriously landed on this island and and your plane just just split in three parts or whatever so that's what i'm saying i feel like i don't want that i want the like people are chasing me They've been chasing me for a while. Oh, no, I just got hit by an arrow. Okay, I can make my peace with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we just have a different <laughs> suffering threshold or something. Like, you insinuated that if you you had to suffer for 12 hours a day, you would prefer that to death. Like, to me, that's ugh, that's questionable. Like, 12 well, hours a day said, of suffering? Like, ugh, that's well, a lot. What, what, is, what, is, what is the suffering, right? But, well, um, I'm telling I'm telling you what it is. It's you. You just feel pain, and everywhere you can feel pain. Constantly. Okay. What's the, what's what's the level of pain? The uh, most high, pain I can feel. High, as high level as you know, uh, as you can maintain consciousness. Mhm. Yeah, I think you know. My point with with the twelve hours was you can get to a point of equilibrium where I think you know if it's. It really depends on what that means. I mean, it's tough to it's tough to really feel pain at a threshold like that and never pass out. That'd be a weird thing to just to to, to have to. Yeah, your sense of time would be warped, but because um, uh, you'd be worried about the pain you're feeling. Um, but uh, I think there is some some level where I there. Let's just say this. It's not like one minute of pain and I'm just going to say, yeah, kill me, or one hour of pain a day and I'm going to say, kill me. Uh, you know, 12 hours I might say, kill me. I don't know. Uh, 10 hours I might say, kill me. I don't know. You know, I, I, maybe not the first day. Maybe the third day I might say, I yeah. got three more months of this for 10 hours a day. Kill me. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like just because suffering is involved doesn't mean I'm going to automatically go with the death switch. No, I yeah, I mean that's obviously true. That's why I'm saying the difference is how you evaluate the suffering and how bad it is. Yeah. Cuz 
I don't know, man. 12 hours a day for three months, and then I can be done and still be alive? I, I, I might try to make it. doesn't mean I could make it, but I might try to make it. And I might get two minutes into it and say, kill me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe I would try, but, like, I, I don't know. I, I, don't think, I don't think there's any way I'd make it. That's a lot. That's a lot. Or maybe I would, but, like, I don't know if that would be a good thing to do, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I, I'm not sure that it's really it's really worth living like that. Yeah. But that's what you have to decide. And, and, like, what you know, if it's 12 hours a day, then you have 12 hours to not be in pain. Man, those 12 hours are going to feel really good, you know, up <laughs> until that, that 11th hour, and you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Go inside 12 more hours of this thing. <laughs> Yeah, sleep would be tricky uh, too, because mm-hmm. you wouldn't be sleeping during the during the torture. You would have to sleep during your Probably twelve hours. Instantly during that twelve hours. Probably yeah, be- then that's a really shitty life. You just sleep and then get up and get tortured and then go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. That's oh god. But it's only for three months. But it's only for three months. Yeah. So it's either that or death, and I feel like if yeah, I feel like if you think you can make it try it you might not be able to but yeah i uh, i, I, would, guess. I, would I you know i mean i could see making the decision to try it but i i don't know i think that's because what you're really talking about is is something like a prison sentence <laughs> almost it's kind of just saying yes well you have to endure this suffering for x amount of time and you know obviously prisoners don't get a choice to to do it or not um or die or not really it's depending on what the sentence is. But, you know, if you're, okay, you have 20-year life sentence, 24 hours a day in prison, that, you know, but at the end of that, you can get out. So then you could tell, I mean, there are people who obviously make that choice, and they say, I can't spend 20 years in prison. I'd rather just die now, and they sure. kill themselves or something. So. But, you know, prison is at least generally not, you know, constant pain for 12 hours a day. I mean, you well, get, yeah. you know, you get a certain amount of quality. You know, you get regular meals, exercise. Mm-hmm. Some, you know, sometimes you get to read, depending on the circumstances. You know, there's, there's a certain amount of like life's, you know, uh, basic needs that you have met there. You know, so it's not, it, you know, the suffering of prison, generally speaking, is just the fact that you're not free to do whatever you want. Yeah. You know, you can't leave. So it's. I feel like that's a low level in terms in terms of like just pure pain. You know, it's it's kind of it's on the low end of the scale there. Yeah. So I think it's pretty easy in a way to make the decision. I mean, obviously some prisons are worse than others, so it depends on the circumstances. But you know, in, in the in the best you know situation, the sort of nicest prison. You know, I think it's kind of easy to make the decision to go ahead and live out your life in there. You can gain a certain amount of, you know positive life experience even in prison so mm-hmm. you know i i think that's reasonable yeah you know again it's it's sort of about how you you know how you value or uh the opposite of value you know either the life experience you're getting or you know the the suffering you have to endure mm-hmm. and i guess for me like i imagine crashing on this island you know, as much as I want to know on the TV show what's going on, I, I think in that circumstance, um, you know, I'd probably I, – I, not that I would ask for this to happen. Obviously, I would try to survive 
if I had that opportunity. But I feel like from an outside point of view, if I could just get killed within a few days of being there, you know, I, I think I think I would choose that for myself rather than have to endure five months and then, you know, of you know, a combination of suffering and other things. Uh, you know, only to time travel and then get killed by a flaming arrow. <laughs> You know, I mean, to me, to me, I, I, I just forget about all that. I, I really don't, I just don't think that's adding to my life very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would But that's just a personal judgment. Five months. Yeah, it's just a personal call because I feel like I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather spend more time, even if I never figure out what the island is or get close. It's See, but that's the thing. Shirt. It requires, for me, I mean, you're saying even knowing in advance, you'll take it. But for me, it requires knowing in advance. Like, if I crash on the island, I don't know that three months from then I'm going to get killed by a flaming arrow. So I'm mm-hmm. not going to say, well, I hope I die right now. I mean, there is still hope, you know, for something better to happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to want to die instantly, but I'm just saying, if I know those are my two options for whatever reason... Then, then yeah, I would, and I'm I saying if I know those, death. yeah, I think if I know those are my two options, I I would opt for the later death. Yeah, I no, I get that, I get that. But but like when you're saying like you know you crash there and you want to know stuff, like I mean I would do that too, but it's but it's based on the fact that I don't know what's coming for mm-hmm. me. But I'm saying I'm saying not that you necessarily know that the island is mysterious, but everybody who crashes. You know, the, these two flights crash under mysterious circumstances. So I'm just saying, at least at that point, of wondering, okay, what happened here? Why? Where? This isn't Hawaii. This isn't Guam. Where are we? You know, that kind of low-level mystery stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, even before you get to the the bigger stuff. I just think it's crappy to just just get wiped off the face of the earth by a smoke monster or whatever, whatever killed them. And kill 316, and just to just to never to never know why. You know, to me, it's I guess that that just ties into my whole idea of death and stuff. That you know, I don't I I I don't want to get like I don't want my death to be I get hit by a car and I'm just one second I'm alive, the next second I'm dead, and with no time in between to process <laughs> my life. You know, and that I'm dying. That would be that is the worst kind of death to me. Or you know, dying in your sleep is nice, but because it's painless, you know. But that is sort of a fear I have, death-wise, of of just not not being able to consciously say, "Oh, I'm dying now. <laughs> Let me think about my life," you know. So the Jira passengers get the thing I don't like, which is basically instant death, with no no understanding of why they're 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 even getting killed or where they are. Versus something like the red shirts who are a little bit closer to you know obviously some of them get killed instantly but yeah uh, they some have a get killed instantly in the plane crash but we're not talking about them really um, and you know I think to a certain extent so assuming assuming Woodmore's people did it you know I mean they show up they start shooting I feel like the people you know have the same idea of what's going on to a certain extent as the, you know, the time traveling oceanic people did about the others attacking. These people are trying to kill us. <laughs> you know, I can I can try to escape. You know, I mean, I feel like that's it's the same level of like it's pretty close. I mean, knowing the kind of danger you're in. 
Yeah, exactly. But the the the, the losties, the in terms of losties, getting the chance to ponder your own life and the fact that you might die right now. Yeah, but the redshirt losties are they they're number one used to people trying to kill them. You know, versus <laughs> okay. versus versus all of a sudden people are killing me and they don't even they don't even say hi. Right. You know, with the with the three sixteen people. Yeah. You know. But uh, yeah, generally speaking, I'd rather just. I want to. If you're gonna kill me, I want to know why. I want to at least be able to guess. <laughs> yeah. And if you're on the island and someone's attacking you from the jungle, it's probably the others. You know, and those 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 red shirt losties know know about the others and what they're doing. So when they're getting hit with the Flaming arrow. They can at least say, "Ah, oh, yes, the others finally got me." You know, the funny thing about it is, like the you know, the others weren't attacking them for the reason that they would have assumed. Mm-hmm. You know, the others actually thought that they were the army guys, like come coming back. Like that was that was what they originally said. So they actually they actually had no idea who they were attacking. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, there's- yeah, the others. Yeah. Well, that's what time travel does for you. So, yeah, exactly. So, I feel like, you know, you still have, they, you know, the the, the retros who are killed still have a pretty incomplete understanding of what's going on. Yeah, well, I'm not saying eat it once perfect. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I just think it's better, I think. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely not perfect, right? Because there's plenty of suffering involved, so, and they still die. Yeah, it just seems like marginally more knowledge to me. Like, is it like is marginally it more it? knowledge plus plus you know a considerable more time on, uh, alive on the island? Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, I just it's the re- the losties. The the red chair losties got to at least, you know, have adventures on the island. The three sixty people never did. And they both end up dead. Yeah. So to me it's like I'd rather have some adventures and end up dead than never have any adventures and end up dead. Okay. I think, yeah, I'm just uh, – so when you put it abstractly like that, I say, yeah, I'd rather have adventures first. Specifically what the red shirts went through, I, I'm, uh, those aren't the adventures I want. But they weren't that bad. I'm not saying they were bad. I'm just saying they weren't really worth – to me, they weren't really worth the trouble. So you'd rather not have any adventures than – so you'd just rather have not any adventures than crappy adventures. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> you know, crappy adventures plus, you know, plus the, the general suffering of, you know, being stranded on an island and having hostile people and so on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might choose crappy adventures plus the suffering versus not. Yeah, I just I don't know. I I don't I just don't see how I, that's yeah, appealing. I just think conscious conscious existence is is uh is awesome and I want to have it as much as possible. 
Yeah. So I, I just think getting being in a situation where I, you know, I just want to, someone kills me indiscriminately and boom, I'm dead. Um, I don't like that. I'd rather it be a two, three, four, five season adventure with some suffering here and there, uh, and then I'm dead. That's that's just more appealing to me. Because I, you know, or, now if you said, okay, after death, there's an afterlife and blah, blah, blah happens, I think you change the framework, right? But if we're saying death is the end of consciousness, then I'm like, I don't want to just, I don't want the instant death. That doesn't, what does it get you besides dead? I don't know. I don't know. If you're going to, that's the thing, like, the suffering doesn't, experiencing the suffering and the experiences doesn't get you anything after death either, Right. Like, all it does yeah. is contribute to your conscious existence and yeah. allows you to sort of live longer if you're having more experiences. I would rather have that because after I'm dead, I'm not going to care that I suffered. You know, I'm not going to care about that stuff after I'm dead. So why cut to straight to being dead when I'm dead if I'm going to be dead in either either scenario? I'd rather extend my life. You know, as long as I'm not suffering too much to enjoy it. To, to yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I don't think consciousness is just good inherently. I mean, yeah, but I'm saying with these two examples, I feel like I'd pick the one where they're suffering. I think a marginal amount. See, I just feel like you're underestimating how bad it was. At least, like to me, like you really think it wasn't that bad. Like, well, I, I, I know that like they portrayed it now. kind of glamorously, but just like. I guess maybe I'm thinking of a sort of realistic version of the show where you crash on this on this deserted, mm-hmm. essentially deserted island, and you have to mm-hmm. survive in that circumstance. I mean, they didn't really portray this that well, but, like, I feel like that would be really miserable, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I mean, like I said, the, the show... Well, it depends on how realistic you're talking about, right? Because they have as many tarps and torches as they need, they have food. They, you know, the trees have food. They can get bored when they, yeah, they want yeah, bored. I, I mean, I think those parts. Like, I don't know how – I don't know – like, we got to either talk about the show or talk about reality because if you go back and forth, then it changes, it changes the topic. Yeah. So if we're talking about what is it really like to be stuck on an island, <laughs> you know, and, and have to suffer and probably starve for a lot of that time until you can find food – and then really have to build your own shelter and water and really have to look out against predators. Yeah. Um, that's a different question. I'm talking about some days they're playing golf, some days they're playing backgammon, some days they're moving the fuselage, some days they're running from the others. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about, where it's like the others might attack your camp at some point, but you might not get be the one who get attacked, you know, until next season when they attack again. And maybe you might die or not, or you might, you know, you might not die. You might make it till season five, and then you die in an arrow attack. Like I feel like that's not that bad for what they portrayed in terms of in terms of suffering. You know, those people weren't tied to a rock and beaten with a whip every day for their extent of their life on the island. You know, there were periods of time where they were relatively safe. There were periods of times where they were relatively happy. Yeah. You know. So I feel like that's worth it. To me, the way they portrayed the show, it's worth it. Now, if you're talking about reality, that's a different conversation, if it'd be really, really, really worth it. Um, but, uh, but in terms of the show, I feel like, you know, a lot of, a lot of the lost, a lot of the red shirts made it, towards the, made it to the end, you know, 
and and if and the end being them getting hit with the arrow when they're pretty much all killed off then. Yeah. Um I, I don't think that's that bad. That yeah, versus I guess, like a you know, shot in the head as soon as I get off the Ajira plane, like I get a shot in the head or I get smashed into a tree by smoke. Like why is that bad? I mean, why what what's what is horrendous about that? I don't understand. Well, number one it's it, it to me I don't like it because it it's it's indiscriminate. It's I didn't do anything to cause this. It's somebody, you know, it was the same sort of. I, I, you're right. It's the same in the other situation too, where it's it's not it's not you, the others are sort of just attacking because they're attacking, right? Yeah. But in the other situation, they're at least aware of why they're being attacked. Not really. They're at least aware. Well, they're at least of the of the precedent, right? Of the fact that they've been attacked by the others before. Yeah. That the others attacked him. For basically because they're unwanted on the island. Yeah. Okay. That to me is a nice kernel of knowledge that the 316 people don't have. That you know, or at least how it was portrayed. We don't know what was said to them about the, the circumstances of their death before they were killed, right? So you know, I'm just saying, like, I don't like the fact that you know they basically land. The 316 people have this crazy flight. They land on this mysterious mini island next to a bigger island. And they're out on the beach, you know, maybe they're trying to figure out food and water and shelter and all that survival stuff. And then, let's say, Widmore comes out with some people and just starts shooting them. And then they're dead. You know, I don't know. To me, that's not satisfying. That's, to me, that, that, that is uh, not a good way to die versus the A-15 redshirt people landing on the island, being afraid of what's in the jungle, getting attacked by Smokey maybe, you know, chased by Smokey maybe, and all the different various levels of suffering and peril that they had, um, they got to spend more time. They got to live longer. They got to have a longer conscious experience. Uh, and to me, that's more interesting than, than just, boom, you're dead. You have no idea why. You have no idea where you are. You just know you're not in Guam. So they got to have a longer conscious experience on the island. They didn't get to have a larger conscious experience overall. So, you know, I, I guess. Well, I mean, they did over. It, it depends on how old every the person is, right? I mean, or I guess I don't know where you're. What you mean, well, you're yeah, I mean, so we're starting. You know, we're comparing. Would we rather be on one or the other? So we're the same age either way. So, you know, we're gonna live longer if we're on a Jira. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. In fact, we're going to have years longer if we're on Ajira, years of life experience. Well, depending, depending on who you are in the redshirt camp. I'm me. That's It's me. <laughs> well, who are you? You're not on the show. What does that mean, you're you? <laughs> you're not on the show. What do you mean, you're you? I'm saying there's some redshirts from A15 who die in season one. There's some redshirts in A15 who don't die till season five. Okay, so... so who are you? It's you. You know, some people live longer than others in the same camp. I, I'm making it a hypothetical scenario. Would I rather okay. be on Oceanic? I thought that was the question. You're saying you would rather be one of the specific redshirt characters? No, you're saying you're saying you're saying the Jira people live years longer than the redshirt people, and I'm just saying than the A15 people. And I'm saying some of the A15 people, you know, live longer than each other. Yes. What I, what I'm saying is, if you're if you're if you're one person, then 
you know, just a single individual, if you get on Oceanic versus getting on, you know, with the exception of the main characters, so we're talking about red shirts, if you're a red shirt getting on Oceanic, uh, if instead of doing that later you get on the Ajira fight, you're going to live three years longer. Yeah, you're going to, yeah, you're going to live three years longer off of the island before yeah. you get to the island because just by nature of when the plane So, like, there. three months of life experience on the island is worth more than three years of life experience off the island? Well, I'm saying from the perspective of, of, being, of being on the island, you know, the, the original question was you get off the plane and, you know, do you want to get killed instantly or live on the island more? Be, you know, now if you're saying which plane do you want to be on, I'd choose three, 316 in terms of, you know, the, they they have less suffering because of the island, right? They have, like, it gets confounded, I think, because the A15 people are suffering more, but that's because they're on the island earlier, right? Yeah. So now to make it more even, you'd have to say, well... <laughs> You know, would you rather be A15 and the plane gets there later or something, and then the people are suffering less? You know, because then you then then it calls into question. Well, what is the A15 the, uh, the Dira passengers doing in those three years? Are they suffering more in their lives or suffering less? I don't. You know, I feel like if you're going to say if you're going to frame it like that, then you're comparing. If you're not just going to stick to the framework of their experiences once they get to the island. If you're going to get go independent time-wise and say the A15 people got to the island earlier, and at you know the point at which A15 gets to the island, the 316 people are out in the real world living their lives for three years, potentially having good experiences versus the horrible you know suffering that the island people are are going through. I think that poses a different question. I'm just saying in terms of if you're going to be on a flight and it gets to the island. So forgetting about the absolute timeline, you're just like yeah. restricting to, to the two scenarios, the with, two scenarios independent yeah. of each other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I mean, I still pick Ajira, but I, I just felt like, you know, the objective timeline gives you further reason to pick Ajira. Because you know, yeah, you might suffer in the real world, but you know, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's. I feel like you have as good of a chance of having a good well, life in the real world as you do thing. on the island. I mean, if you take into account the timeline, that to me that change that changes the scenario because you could say, well, what if the people, uh, what if a fifteen, uh, the a fifteen red shirts. You know, I mean, technically Hurley is an A-15 passenger, but say he was a red shirt and he ends up staying on the island for decades. You know what I'm saying? To me, that completely outweighs the Jira situation in terms of how long you live. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why I was trying to take the timeline out of it and just say from the point you get to the island and the point that you die, which is better? Right, right. Yeah, and I, I guess to me, like, you know, knowing – so, so I mean, it, you know, it's based on a belief that you don't have to share that, you know, that suffering is bad. And even, even though it, once you die, it doesn't matter that you suffered to you. You know, it just was a bad thing that that happened, independently of how much it matters to you. That's just, you know, a point of view that you may or may not agree with. 
Yeah, I, so, I, I agree that suffering is bad. I'm not sure what it means to say it's bad. If it has no effect on a person that it's bad, I'm not sure what it means to be bad, other than just in the abstract that it's bad. Yeah, well, then you have to, like, define good and bad, and it's all hard, and I can't do that right now. But uh, but I'm saying whatever bad means, I, I attach it to suffering. Mm-hmm. I mean, I agree with that, but it's like saying, you know, it's bad to steal something, but then if you steal it, no one will ever find out, is it bad that you did that? And then you can say, well, yes, it's bad objectively that you did that, or morally that you did that, Um but in what other sense in terms of how it affects people that is that it's bad? Well, it's kind of not. Nobody ever knew. Right. So if so, you die, and so it's bad that you suffered before you died, but you're dead, so you don't care. Yeah. But suffering is bad. But who, who you know, it's it's true. You know, I believe it as in the abstract as a concept. Yes, it's still bad. But if that concept isn't operated on by a, by a person, then it sort of has no effect in reality to me. So it's like if someone who saw me die doesn't feel like it was bad that I suffered or if I'm not alive after I'm, you know, conscious after I'm dead and I realize I suffered in a previous life, it's like, well, then how much is that badness really weighing into my decision? Because it's abstractly bad, you know? Right. So, I mean, obviously it was bad for you while you were experiencing it. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, there's at least that. Yeah, it's bad for me to experience it. Now the question becomes, is there good stuff that's happening too or not? You know, if it's all bad and all suffering, I'm not going to want to hang out in that, in that, in that, uh, in that, in that framework uh, where, you know, the majority of my conscious existence is suffering. That does not sound fun. But like I was saying before, I think there is an equilibrium there. I don't know. 80, 20, <laughs> I mean, you know, um, life in general is suffering. So, I mean, we, we, we have some of that anyway. But if but if you're talking about hooked to a pain machine, you know, yeah. more sort of specifically, um, you'll get closer to, to a definite answer, you know. When you're yeah, I, I just think, you know, exa- that makes it easier because, you know, if you want to, like, Get a get at like what specifically the issue is. It's easier to just remove all the all the mm-hmm. extraneous details because they can complicate things, and obviously they matter. And yeah, you know, if you're going to make that decision for real, you do want to consider other factors, except besides the suffering. So you know, maybe it's a snap decision. Maybe if I really, you know, had a full understanding of what the red shirt's life was like, I would say, yeah, that was that was better. Uh, you know, that was worth living. Um, it's just my perception based on what we're shown, which is a pretty limited amount, that that it wasn't really worth it wasn't really worth the trouble. Mhm. Yeah. Well that's I, the sort of problem with the finality of death is not much is worth anything. <laughs> if you're just dead, I feel like it, it really really finalize this thing. Well, see that that that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the you know the bad part of it, you know. Because to me, you know the uh, you know the like dying instantly, you know at random is bad for for different reasons. But I guess you know to me, uh, 
you know, just, you know, basically living a normal life and then suddenly dying for reasons you don't understand is like, is sort of objectively to me better than to, um, you know, to, to sort of live three months longer where, where you're suffering a significant portion of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's like a, a you know, I, I want to think of like an alien invasion scenario, and it's like I, I want to be the kind of person who who tries to survive, even if it's inevitable that I, that we're all going to be killed, the aliens are going to kill everybody, it's going to take a week, everybody's going to die. And you might know that for a fact. Somehow you know for a fact that aliens do this to planets and they're going to come and it, it takes seven days and the planet's gone. You can, on day one, kill yourself now or try to survive that seven days. I'm going to be the one who tries to survive, even if it's, even in the face of something like that where it's like you're just going to die. You know, it's it's inevitable that you're going to die. I, uh, you know, in your sort of now... Now, the suffering question comes into, am I, you know, hiding here and there, running to and fro, you know, gathering resources and, and shooting an alien here and there during the seven days trying to survive and get to safety, or am I captured by them and being tortured for seven days until I'm, you know, that's a different question. Yeah. But uh, but in terms of, like, just being faced with, with, uh, with, um, with suffering, does it, does it make me want to just check out? You know, it, it definitely makes me question how much suffering, how long, what kind, is there any golf on the off days? Are you really into golf? You really want to play golf? No, it's a lost record. I know. I'm just saying, I don't know. The appeal of golf is limited, unless it's pot putt Unless it's butt butt, it's, then the then the appeal is not limited. No, <laughs> the unlimited appeal. Unlimited <laughs> appeal of butt butt. <laughs> Look at that windmill. Look at the windmill. Look at the what else they got? I don't know. They got moving parts. Mm-hmm. You hit the ball in there, and then stuff happens. How is that shouldn't not amazing? Re- should real golf like have that kind of stuff? I think shouldn't so. It, it should be. It should be more complicated. Like things should move. Like. You know, it should it should be a little bit more dynamic. Yeah. I always thought that, like, real golf should be like mini golf on a grand scale. Like, they mm-hmm. call it mini golf. Like, it seems like that should just be a small version of what golf is like. But mm-hmm. it's really not, you know. But it would be cool to see someone actually do it, like a giant version of mini golf, where you have yeah. to hit the ball, like, 300 feet, but you actually have these strange, like, contraptions you have to work with. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we illustrated a difference in our viewpoints of life um, and suffering and whatever's in between. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to give the impression that, like, I'll just die at the first, you know, suggestion. Well, that's what I heard. Suffering involved. (laughs) I mean, you know, there's there's limits to these things. But I guess, yeah, I, I sort of land more on the other end of the scale, you know, I... You know, as you turn the the amount of suffering up, you know, I'll probably check out first. You know, I, I really do, I really do think that you know, as you increase suffering, life becomes less and less worth living, in a in a you know at a pretty rapid rate. I believe that too. I just I just think it 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 comes down to what you mean by suffering. You know, 
Because I think that's relative. Yeah, it is. It is. It's about how you judge it. But yeah, I you know, I mean, I guess I'm just judging the circumstances, you know, more harshly. Because mm-hmm. again, yeah, like I, 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 I'll I admit, like I'm, a, you, you know, like I'm imagining a more a more like realistic scenario than we're actually presented with. So I, I, I mean, I am kind of changing what we're shown. Yeah. But I guess, you know, when I imagine myself actually in a scenario, it's hard for me not to, like, turn it realistic, <laughs> you know? I'm just I, imagining living through what the A15 red shirts lived through from what we saw versus, you know, from what we saw of 316, which was not much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you put it that way, like, it doesn't sound that bad. So, yeah, like, that, I mean, that might be part of the problem. Like, that's just not how yeah. I'm imagining it. Because, like, if I start imagining it that way, like, I'm imagining a world where we just strangely have unlimited tarps and people are always speaking expositional dialogue and, like, there's, you know, there's all sorts of, like, weird f- things going on that don't make sense in terms of real life, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, I just – it's hard for me to really imagine that as an actual scenario. So I just – I sort of fix it in my mind so that it's, it has the relevant details, but it's, but it's realistic. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that might be part of the thing. Like, I'm making it worse in my mind, <laughs> you know, than, than what yeah, you actually I'm, see. Yeah, because I don't they, – they made it okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, the way they portrayed it, like, it wasn't – I mean, it was obviously not easy, but it wasn't it wasn't horrible. They didn't starve to death. There wasn't a lack of food. There weren't, you know, Smokey wasn't killing them one by one every day. Um, you know, uh, stuff like that where it could have been a lot worse, you know, where, you know, but if you say, okay, you're going to land on an island among getting basic resources of food and shelter and water, um, there are indigenous people who will attack you from time to time. You might get killed, you might not. Uh, there's a smoke monster that might kill you if, if he wants to. He might, he might, he might not. Um, you know, and and it's up to me to know that I, I you know, with certain certain uh, 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 certain uh, what do you call it? I can't think of the word, but uh, you know, certain. I keep trying to say the word. I can't think of it. Um, <laughs> what do you call it when uh, consequence uh, risks? That is, there it is. Risks. You know, it's up to me to know that there's certain risks, so that if I go into the jungle, I might encounter Smokey. That's a risk I take versus this just being something that's necessarily going to happen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, I think if you present it like that, I think I choose. I choose that. You know, where it's there are. You know, there are things you're battling, there's going to be really scary stuff that happens. There's going to be whispering from time to time. You won't know what that means, and it's going to keep you up at night, that you're not safe. You know, you're going to be, you know, I, I, I try to put in the real world a little bit, you know, with, with some of the stuff that they, that they deal with. But, but, you know, there's also golf. There's also getting to know people. There's also making new friends. There's also discovering mysteries, you know, I mean, not for the richers. But um, you know what I mean. Uh, that versus landing on 316 and sort of trying to figure out what's going on, and then Caesar thinks he knows what's going on, and then somebody shoots him in the chest, and then all of a sudden Widmore kills me or, or Smokey kills me, and and that's it, you know. 
Neither one's great. <laughs> Neither one's fantastic. So. Yeah. 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 No, that's a fair point. So, hey, I don't know. I'll throw it out there. Uh, which one would you rather be on, Oceanic or uh, Ajira? What do you say? I'm curious. com or TLD.net. I, I don't know. I'm curious. Uh, I, I actually suspect most people will vote your way. I think you have to have a particular point of view to pick because, you know, in a way it seems like you want you want more life. You know, mm-hmm. I get it. I get it, but I, I just under the circumstances, I I I don't want more life. Mm-hmm. Just let Whitmore can just shoot me, or Smokey can kill me. I you know whatever the answer is. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be scary, but it's gonna be fast, and uh, you know why is it, why is I'm not gonna suffer much. Why is that better? Because you're not suffering much. Yeah, that's exactly why. But life is suffering. <laughs> okay, Buddha. <laughs> hey, he knew, what he, was, he knew what he was talking about. I mean, you know. <sighs> yeah, I mean, you know, life does involve suffering, but I, you know, I, I, I think, um, you know, it shouldn't be, it, it, it should be contained as much as it can. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree with that. So yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's it's one of those it's one of those personal decisions. But you know, I, I you know, I, I, it, it's it's easy for me to make. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's part of you know my general feeling that like the the red shirts really got screwed, like the oceanic red shirts specifically. I just you know, it just it feels even more empty that they had all those experiences only to get an arrow in the chest. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true for every character on the show. They had all these experiences only to, I mean, maybe. Well, maybe in some cases, in. only to become protector of the island, yeah, only I, to fly off the drag. island in an airplane. You know, I mean, those are decent mm-hmm. things. Some of those people, some of those people got some decent things, but I mean, at the very least, right? Like everyone's gonna die. Now Hurley and Ben are in a weird position of they're gonna have extra life, maybe or something. Yeah. Uh, longer than normal human lifespans, but everybody's gonna, everyone's gonna die. So. Yeah. Everyone's gonna die, but like, you know, they they can, <laughs> they can have, you know, they can have the chance at, you know, the sort of the sort of normal chances, I guess, at a reasonable life, which you can't, mm-hmm. I feel like you can't really have that on the island mm-hmm. for the most part. Well, and you can't have that unless you spend more time in the island. I mean, you can't have that without trying to get off the island, you know, for the people who escaped, right? Right. So that's that's my that's kind of my point of choosing the A15 side of it is to say I don't want to just get killed right away. I want at least a semblance of hope that I could maybe get off of this thing, you know. Yeah, so that's not why... That, not that it's going to happen, but, it, but you know, I'd rather... I want to believe it could. So that's why if you, like, reframe it where I don't actually know... I don't actually know what the outcome's going to be. 
mm-hmm. you know, then I, like, so I guess the the two choices are oceanic. I don't know what's going to happen, and I get killed instantly. <laughs> then I definitely pick oceanic. That's a pretty easy choice. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying those if people I know who in got advance, the good ending, the people who got the good ending were people who, you know, didn't get killed instantly. True. Which is just an obvious statement. But if I know in advance that after a mixture of good and bad, I'm just going to die on this island in a couple months. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I think that's a point where I'm ready to I'm ready to pass. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Something tells me if you were really in that moment and you had a button you could press and you were like, you know, it told you, you got three more months of, you can be on this side for three months. You got to subsist yourself. There's dangers and, you know, you won't be rescued. Are you really pressing that button to kill yourself right now? Because I think I think I think the 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 you know like if you don't know what's going to happen, I think you're more likely to hope that you won't yeah suffer, even though they're telling you you're going to suffer. Yeah. Um. So I feel like you're not gonna you're not gonna make that decision, like you said, like if you know what's going to happen. Right. Or if you don't know what's going to happen. I know what you meant. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's definitely dependent on that, you know. But I guess there's a lot of cases where if you sort of know, if you know what your whole life's going to be, you might make different decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that, that that's sort of the situation. I mean, it seems weird, but really, yeah, if I'm, if I'm really presented with that circumstance of, you know, here's your, here's your first option, you know, or you can kill yourself. I don't know. I mean, you know, you're right. In the in the moment, it, it I would probably have to think about it. <laughs> you know, for me, for me. But I guess you know, I I feel like it's it's kind of uh, you know, I feel like the better choice is to kill yourself, <laughs> even if I wouldn't make it. But why is it the better choice? Just because suffering is bad? Yeah. But 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 it's like that's like saying like there's some there's some uh, mystical tally system and it's tallying all the bad things that happen and if you somehow choose the option where you're suffering because you're gonna die either way you're choosing the option where you're suffering that somehow this this badness that accumulated because you experienced suffering somehow has some effect somewhere and my thing is it doesn't have any effect anywhere in this scenario so i don't understand why that's important other than you know unless of course that suffering is so excruciating to to where life is not worth living we're not talking about that we're talking about like it's okay suffering like you can deal with it but it's bad suffering right so even though that's still bad it's not affecting anything so why i don't understand how that's an issue why why it becomes an issue when it's not it's not uh it's not affecting anything i i mean the you know the affecting anything like i said i'm saying it's inherently bad so that the point is that without affecting anything it's bad in itself but okay i get that but it's bad in itself okay but what does that mean like 
what does that change? What does that not change? What does that add to? It's bad in So whatever bad, whatever bad is, it has a quality that if something is bad, uh, I, I don't, uh, I would prefer that it didn't happen. Okay, but if it didn't happen, if it happens and it doesn't change anything, then I, that's that's where I get. Well, it changes you. the fact that it happens. <laughs> okay. So something bad happens, but it doesn't affect anything. It's just something bad happens. Yes. Yeah, my brain, my brain wants to say why. My brain keeps keeps going to that point and saying, well, what does it matter? Like, Yeah, so if you don't accept that suffering is bad, then, yeah, it, it's hard to agree. To me, to me, like I said, I but, accept that suffering is bad, uh, but I guess I guess it becomes of what is what is bad. You know, I guess maybe that's where I have a problem then, is to say that um, something that's bad that affects people or affects a situation uh should be taken into account, and things that are abstractly bad that don't won't actually affect anything, then then that's a that's a different situation. Like yeah. for instance, you know, it's 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 bad to kill somebody, right? If I walk up to you and I stab you, that's bad because you're gonna. No, I die. don't think. I actually, I don't think it's objectively bad to kill somebody. I mean, it, that I think that's a context thing. Okay. Well, I was going to say, you right. know. Whereas I, I do think suffering is kind of context independent, a bad thing. So that, so that, so it's different to me than okay. killing. Okay, but doesn't killing tie into suffering? Yeah, I mean, to the extent that killing someone causes suffering, yes. Okay. Yes, but killing, but, but killing in bad. itself is not necessarily bad. It could be, it could be, but it depends on the circumstances. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what I'm saying. I'm saying in this circumstance, I'm going to explain that I walk up to you and I stab you and I kill you. Okay. Right? Um, indiscriminately or whatever. Yeah, just right? that random. That's bad. That's bad because because I just took your life, right, and potentially caused you suffering. And now, and, yeah, I mean, there's there's a number of reasons. And there's that's other one things. Of them. There's other, and maybe affected other people who yeah. didn't want you dead. Um, but but if if I, but if that's not true, if we lived in a universe where I could stab you and you'd be totally fine, it might make you laugh, then that's not bad anymore, right? That's not a bad thing to do because there's no <laughs> negative consequence yes. to um, to what happened. Yes. So that's what how my brain wants to view this whole question about bad and suffering. When when yeah, I get it's sort of objectively bad but it's not actually having any any sort of negative consequence other than just a bad thing happening, which... Well, how do you define negative consequence? I mean, at some point you have to know what bad is or you have to believe that something's bad. If you're not willing to accept that anything's bad, then you can't really well, talk think, about negative consequences. To, well, I think it has... Well, what's the, what do I have to define first? What's bad or what's a negative consequence? Well, isn't a negative consequence the same thing as a bad consequence, or no? What's negative mean? Is it well, different I'm from saying, bad? Well, I'm saying something bad has a negative consequence, right? If, like, something bad shouldn't have a good consequence. It could, but it shouldn't. Like, I kill you, and then t 
two of you appear or something. I think it's know, possible like, that something bad has a good consequence. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, bad things shouldn't cause good things to happen as as a as a definition of what is bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, in in general, you you wouldn't expect that. Let's hope not. So that's that's my point. Did I make my point? Is that um, is that you're saying you suffering is bad? I agree with that. Okay, I think there is reasons that suffering is bad in terms of ha- in terms of effect, right? Which is like a subjective reason thing, like suffering is bad, and an objective reason that that suffering is bad. I think that is true also. But I feel like if the if you know if if you're just if you're just killed and you suffered no one else you know no one else is affected by this bad thing which is suffering happening to you and then you're dead right yeah then that then that then that suffering that bad thing only had a consequence while you were alive. Once you're dead, it, it sort of has no consequence. So then it just becomes this bad thing that happened. So that, that I guess that was my question: is why why is it not good to have bad things happen if those bad things aren't actually going to have any consequences? Well, uh, I mean, yeah, it's you know. It's so if you're not willing to accept that it's bad without consequence. So like if the only thing in the universe were someone being tortured, if you think that's not bad, I mean I can't argue that. I mean it's to me it's something that that I just I just take as a given. I I, I don't I don't defend it. I guess I'm just saying you don't have don't to know, believe that. I don't know why you. I don't know. I don't know what's the motivator to not doing something that's bad unless it has bad consequences. Like if you say it's bad because it's bad and and bad things are things that you want to have less of. <laughs> um, right? Yeah, that's I mean, that, like that's not the definition, but a bad thing is definitely something that I want less of, yes. Mm-hmm. And so... It's just, I just, my brain says, if it's not going to have any consequence in the real world, then what is, what is, what is stopping you from doing it? Then you just, then you're just saying, like, 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 a, like. I mean, it has, it has the consequence of the event itself. I mean, you know. The consequence of what? The, the event itself. Mhm. I mean, it, it's that's not really a consequence, but it it contains a, an event. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know which could happen or not, and, you know, I'm saying it would be better if that event did not happen. So, I mean, there is a difference. Yeah. Now, if you don't agree, that's, you know, like I said, I, I can't really I can't really argue the point that, you know, because I, I don't think there's, there's any justifying it. You know, you either think that suffering is bad or not, and I, I really don't think it's justifiable, actually. I mean, yeah, to the extent that, it, you know, suffering is, su- what, what you know, what the definition of suffering means. Um, I, you know, I agree with that. Um, but 
in terms of the context of the eight fifteen and three sixteen thing. But you, you are you saying you only think it's bad in the situations where it has some other consequence, and it's not the if if you can just suffer alone in a room and not affect anything like that's well, not it, bad. It's bad. It's bad because it's affecting you, right? So I mean, I think it's still bad. Okay. But it but it's like if suffering never affects anyone, then okay, you can still say suffering is bad, but if it's never affecting anyone, then what consequence is it having? What are you... I don't know. I feel like it's like saying... It's like it's like commenting on something about a process on the other side of the universe. It's like, well, it, it's not affecting us over here, so what's, what are we talking about? That's great that, you know, so, you know, something happened on the other side of the universe or not, or it's bad, whatever that concept is, but if it's not actually affecting you, then, then what are you really talking about? Like I was saying, like the universe doesn't have some tally of bad things, and at the very least, we want to, even if it doesn't affect anybody, we just want to make sure bad things don't happen because at the end of the day, we want to have more good things than bad things happen. Like it's, so like it's I, not, I, I do think in general that if fewer bad things happen and more good things happen, then, you know, then I would say most people would agree that you know, life is better, that they that they enjoy living more and so on, you know. But, but those are things that are affecting people, right? These are good and bad things that have effect on people. Yeah, so, I mean, that, that happens to be true. But, I, but I'm not saying that that's, you know, that, that's not, to me, that, that's sort of not the, uh, you know, that's not the reason why they're good or bad. It's it's uh you know it's a it's a it's an outgrowth it's a it's a side effect. Well, I mean, there's. What do you mean? It's an outgrowth of what? You mean the consequence is a side effect of it being good or bad? Or what do you? I got confused on what you meant. Yeah, 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 yeah. The consequence is a side effect of it being good or bad. Okay. Um, I don't know. I think it, you know, we're talking about some really crazy stuff here. Uh, <laughs> it, actually, it actually relates to laws in terms of good and bad, good and evil and stuff. But, um, I just, I just feel like if, if, if something is having negative effects, then it's, then it's probably bad. If it's not having negative effects, I don't know how you know it's bad. Now, there might be other reasons why you can right. know it's bad or think it's bad or believe it's bad and not be able to justify why it's bad, but I don't think you know it's bad unless it has negative effects. The same with, you know, the opposite is true with good. Like, it's not good unless it's going to have an actual good effect, right? It's not, you know, uh, it's like it's like giving money to the charities is, is sort of in and of itself objectively, or maybe, uh, I don't know, a good thing. Yeah, it depends. Uh, Context dependent, I would say, for that one. But, but, but you know, it, you you know would, one, I mean, one would hope it would be a good thing. Yeah, in general, that should be a good thing. But, of course, it can have a negative outcome or something yeah. if you do that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like there's... So, I'm going to agree with you. I don't know that suffering is a bad thing. I, I agree. I, I believe it. I don't know it. I think I think to the extent that it that it has that it's actionable and reactionable in the real world, suffering is bad. Um, I think if you go outside of uh, actions and experiences, 
I mean, um, I don't think I don't think I mean suffering is an experience. So I I mean I don't think you can have suffering without any experience at all. At least one person has to have an experience for suffering to occur. Mm-hmm. So so I, I mean there there is there is experience involved, no matter yeah. what. Okay. You know, and so what I'm saying, I believe but don't know, <laughs> is that that's bad, regardless. Mm-hmm. Now, there might be circumstances where uh, the suffering is preferable to some other alternative because of other considerations. That's true. But what I'm saying is still, the suffering in itself is a bad thing. It might be a bad thing that you have to accept because of other bad things that outweigh it, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm 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 throwing that belief out there, which you know, I, like I said, since I'm not justifying it and really can't can't justify it, you know, it's <laughs> it's very open to not being believed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think there's a fine line there between between somehow before we were talking about suffering where it's not affecting anybody. Um, right, so, uh, yeah, and I mean, I, I took that to mean it's not affecting anybody else except the sufferer. Mm-hmm. But you're going you're gonna to die anyway. So I guess maybe that was where I, where I entered this, that, that idea was you're suffering for three months, and then you're going to die. Yeah. And you're saying you don't want to suffer for three months. Right. Because um, I think that's a bad thing. Because it's bad. And in my opinion, under the circumstances, the you know the good or what have you uh, does not outweigh that. And also, the bad of dying instantly does not outweigh that either. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's a judgment, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm still going with the A15 crew. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. They, you know, they got to play golf. I'll come back to that. <laughs> All right. Well, um, enough of uh, philosophical corner with Claude and Justin. Yes. Yes. A little bit of a uh, little bit of morality. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. To me, it's a interesting topic because it, I think it really is one of those things that uh, it, you know it's based on these concepts that I think are very subjective. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I think once you define them, they won't be. But I think, you know, initially they are very subjective. And, uh, and so it's, you know, it's hard, to, it's hard to have precise conversations about them because, you know, to a certain extent they're, they're based on beliefs that you can't really justify that well. Yeah. And I try to keep it simple, you know, I have I have that one simple belief that I that I don't justify, and I try to just go you know go from there. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, because to me that seems like a reasonable thing to stand on. But like, you know, I'm still not justifying it. So I think it's reasonable to stand on when you obviously in a context that it's you know and I, well like you said someone's going to experience the suffering, and I think that's bad. Um. I mean, I think you can defend suffering being bad as to say. You know, it 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 causes pain. You know, it, yeah. Uh, it it's unpleasant. It causes pain. It uh, it uh, impedes 
you know, sort of, uh, you know, a sort of happy pursuit of life or something. Yeah. So I think you could say it's bad in that in that context. Yeah. It's like the, you know, it's like the killing thing. It's like, you know, uh, stabbing people wouldn't be against the law if it didn't if it didn't kill people. Right. You know. <laughs> Yeah. So some of what we call good and bad is is about the effects that actions have. Yes. You know, if when someone was dehydrated and you gave them water and it killed them, that'd be illegal. <laughs> you know, if that's yeah. just a weird thing. Oh, no, it's poison if you give people water at this point. You know, it's, I didn't know. Oh, man. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying effects don't matter. I'm just saying... That's what you said. (laughs) Did I say that? Maybe I did. Maybe I did. But if I did say it, I take it back. Effects matter. But, you know, I guess what I want to say is that, uh, you know, when, when we're talking about the basic concepts of good and bad, you know, whether or not something has that, um, is, uh, you know, it should be initially judged independent of uh, independent of the effects. But what does that mean? See, see now we're back <laughs> to it. Because what does that mean? Because then why is it bad if it doesn't have if you if you don't know what the effects are, right? If you're saying I want to evaluate this action and I'm not going to take into account what the effects are, then how do you know if the action is good or bad? <laughs> Well, it's hard. <laughs> I don't think it's possible because you're defining good and bad by the results of action. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I was saying. Like, I feel like you. I feel like if if suffering is not going to have bad effects, then I don't know what it means to say suffering is bad, other than it's an abstract idea that seems to be true, that should be true. But I mean, if no one is going to have bad experiences, then you know, it's, well, why are we saying this thing is bad? You know, so if you're, I don't know how you evaluate something without understanding. So, yeah, I mean, I'm taught, when I say effects, I mean, effects other than the thing itself. <laughs> Obviously, if we're talking about some kind of, uh, some kind of event or action or whatever, it's, it's, it itself is, you know, is going to have content. I mean, something happens, you know. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying by effects is things other than the thing itself. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but if the thing itself doesn't cause something bad, that's what I'm saying. So what is, maybe maybe phrase it in another context or something where I can understand what you're saying, where like... Yeah, so that, that's, why, that's why I'm saying like stealing or killing or things like, things of that nature to me are actually not bad in the abstract because mm-hmm. I think in themselves, you know, they're not necessarily bad. Because it depends on the situation. It depends on the circumstances, yeah. Yeah. So give me an example of what you're talking about with something that is, that's not like that. Where it's bad, the thing thing of it itself is bad. But the the consequences are ever-present with suffering, right? It's somebody experiencing it. So I feel like that's not a good example. Because suffering is someone experiencing something. The, The thing itself is the consequence. Suffering causes 
bad, bad. Well, I mean, anything I'm going to describe is going to be like that. Okay. Well, then maybe that's the problem because I'm trying to think of something like how is something bad in and of itself without causing something that's bad? Right. I mean, like I said, anything I can offer will have content. I mean, something has to happen or some action has to be performed. Okay. If nothing happens. Then the effects do matter then. Because the effects of suffering is someone's suffering. So like I said, by effects, I mean effects beyond the thing itself. (laughs) Okay. So that's that's what I'm saying. Like so in the case of in the case of, you know, killing or or maybe better yet, stealing. No, no, no. Do I like that? Um Because uh, if you steal, someone someone is now missing something that was theirs, and now you have something that, that you didn't own. Okay, right. okay, okay. Here we go, here we go. Maybe this works. I don't know if I like this, but I'm going to try it. So, like, uh, uh, you know, uh, smoking, like smoking in public, you know, mm-hmm. so it's like, like secondhand smoke. So blowing smoke out of your mouth is not bad in itself, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? But the effects, you know, the fact that other people breathe it in and it's bad for them, mm-hmm. right, you know, that's why that is, you know, uh, against the law in certain places. You know, it's against the law because of an effect, besides you blowing smoke out of your mouth, mm-hmm. it's, it's because of other people breathing it in afterwards. That's not part of the original action. Well, then that's saying smoking isn't bad, but smoking around other people is bad. Yeah. So that's, that's a different thing. Yeah. I mean, that's a good example. Exactly. But I'm- so, so how does that relate to suffering? Because suffering is the second thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was suffering just trying. I was just trying to give an example of something, you know, of something that uh, w- when you take away the effects, it's not really bad anymore. Yeah, and it's only bad because of the effects. Yeah. But no, but no. So we're trying to get something that's bad without the effects. Oh, you you want something like suffering that's that was, just. Well, that was the point. That was my question. What, oh, I'm what, sorry. What I is totally misunderstood. It doesn't, doesn't cause something. I thought you wanted a contrast. I thought you wanted the opposite of what you're asking. Okay. No, I want something that's inherently bad, but doesn't cause, but but not because it causes bad things to happen. It's okay. Inherently bad. Yeah. So this is going to be bad because I have zero examples except for suffering. That's my only example. Okay. <laughs> and suffering has a consequence wrapped into itself, which is if you like. If you like, but it it is only the thing itself. I mean, it only goes that far. I think suffering should, if you call it, like, torture, then I think I get what you're saying, maybe. Because I feel like suffering is Torture should be a form of suffering. Well, torture in terms of somebody, someone torturing someone else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, torture is causing another person to suffer. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so that's that. So that's bad, both for the person who's suffering, and you know, bad that the torturer is doing the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're causing the bad thing. Yeah, I guess that's my problem with suffering. As an example, is the 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 effect is wrapped up in the action itself, so it's not it's not separate from my right. main point of bad. Yeah, action and I think maybe that's why, thing. maybe that's why it it to me raises itself to that sort of abstract like bad by itself. You know, because its effects are kind of part of the thing itself. Mm-hmm. But everything that's bad is like that. 
No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. Not everything that's bad is like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what my that's what my example is supposed to show. Like some yeah, things yeah. some things are really just bad because of their effects and by themselves. But nothing is not bad. But nothing but nothing seems to be bad by itself without taking into account the effects. Unless you say the effects don't include the thing itself. <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean it gets weird if you don't if you include the thing itself in the effects then like you're you're asking for like the absence of anything to be bad. No, I'm saying that things are bad because of their effects. I'm oh, saying, oh, 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 I'm saying oh, oh. you yeah, shouldn't yeah, yeah, be yeah. able to call something bad unless it has a bad effect. That's that's basically what I'm saying. Okay. I'm saying you shouldn't be able to point to anything and say this is bad without being able to show it has a bad effect. If, so, if there are, if there is something that is bad, that that before you even know what it does, you know that it's bad. That's what I'm trying to figure out. So I think yeah. that's what you're saying about suffering. Is yeah. That it's bad whether you know if someone's going to suffer or not. Almost, even though the act, of, even though suffering is the act of someone suffering. Yeah. Well. Okay. I, I see your point. I, I think I agree. I think I agree. Agree with what? What's your point? <laughs> I agree with your point that for something to be bad, it it really should have bad effects. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I Otherwise, think that's Otherwise, that's true. what I'm saying. Otherwise, I don't know why it's bad. But, yeah, what I'm saying is the reason why it's bad is not that it has bad effects. I mean, it's, you can try it. I mean, you can go with it as a first you know, as a first stab at, at you know trying to explain why something's bad, but I, I don't know. To me, it's not the the reason. Mm-hmm. But, but then, then what's I don't the have reason? reason. I, well, I don't have a reason. The thing, so. like, the, 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 like the, <laughs> why not just use it as a reason? I don't get yeah. it because it's, you're saying like suffering has bad effects. Yeah. But the bad effects is not why suffering is bad. Okay, then why is suffering bad? Well, suffering doesn't well, have suffer- good effects. Yeah, suffering, so suffering is- isn't, isn't bad because it has good effects. Right. So then why is suffering bad if it's not because it has bad effects? That's my thing. Is like I, you know. I mean, it's it's kind of circular, you know, um, unless, you know. See, I, I think, see, here's the problem. <laughs> I feel What's like the problem? You, I, here's, here's the problem. So I feel here's like when you, say, when you say bad effects, you're kind of stuck in a loop. Because you haven't really said what bad means yet. So if you're going to call effects bad, you have to explain what bad is. And so that, that's sort of why I feel the need to go outside to say what bad is. Because Bad is not good. <laughs> okay, but they have to say what good is. I mean, there's, you know, wh- whichever one you want to do, you know, there's, there's some kind of work that has to be done. Because even to say these are good effects or these are bad effects, you have to say what that word means. And, you, you know, you sort of haven't done that yet. So well, that, something good gives you a positive outcome or benefit, and something bad is negative. And in some situations, it's context-dependent. See, I feel like you just moved the definition over to positive and negative, but, I, I mean, I think there's still well, work. you can't agree it. what that means. <laughs> I mean, you're going to have a problem with language. That's what you're basically saying. There's a problem with language in defining these things. At the yeah. third point, we've got we to gotta agree that we understand what positive and negative means. Well, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, I, I guess you know, I'm, I'm, I'm making it almost, you know, I, I'm just saying, 
what am I saying? I'm saying that I don't want to define them circularly. I don't want to define bad as bad effects. Mm-hmm. Right. So I can't quite define them, but I don't want to. I don't want to get in that trap. So so I'm just choosing to reserve good and bad for these abstract ideas, and then you know I I can't really I I'm not really saying what they are, but I, you know now I'm free to at least use the words. But you don't know what it means. That's my problem. I, if you don't if yes. you don't define it, then you have no idea what it means. You're right. I don't know, know what it means, but I you start, don't know. That, then you don't know if other things might be like that or not because you don't know why this thing is like that. I don't know what it means, but I start with certain baseline things like suffering is bad, and that gets me pretty far. Okay, but but don't you have to the next question to say why is suffering bad? I could ask that question. That's why I tell you I don't justify it. That is that is something I take as my sort of baseline. Because my, like my point is if you go with this idea that suffering is just abstractly bad, right, yeah, suffering is bad, and then you look at the consequences of suffering, and suffering is whenever somebody suffers, they get a million dollars in their pocket, and they live forever. You know that you're you're changing what bad means. You know that's not a negative outcome, uh, generally speaking. So I feel like I I see what you're saying. Like you're leaving the definition of these abstract things open, but it seems like you know, you you lose out on the practicality of, of language to say what's good and bad if you don't know what the what the effects are gonna be of, of whatever you're talking about. Because you can say suffering is you know I guess work your work work me through your idea of what what you know, you say, okay, suffering is bad. Is abstract this abstract bad thing. What is your definition of that? Oh, I guess you're saying what? you don't have a definition of what bad is. Oh yeah, yeah, no, 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 I don't have one. I don't have okay. one. Okay, I'm, I'm just saying we've got we've got these we've got these words good and bad, and I'm just gonna put I'm gonna put suffering in the bad category. Okay, suffering is in the bad category. Suffering is bad. Yeah. Okay, what's the next extension of that? The How next, does that become actionable? Okay, okay. So so I I, I mean okay so I I I am gonna add to the pool of things about bad as well i want to say i want to say a couple things about bad first of all whatever it is whatever bad is i'm going to say that it's something that should be um you know if if something is bad it it should be avoided or reduced as much as possible okay so that's that's another thing that i'm not justifying but i'm just going to throw that in Mm-hmm. As something something about bad because I think that's in terms of the way people think of bad I think that's a fair thing to say it's it's generally but something doesn't that directly tie into what the consequences are because why do you want to reduce it other than to reduce the consequences <laughs> you know saying like in terms of it being actionable in a physical process in reality what's the purpose of reducing things that are bad. Um. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it it you know, it's it's <laughs> So so I'm I'm making that a stipulation. You could say why would I do that? And I guess I I'm saying that, you know, when pe- when people think of bad things, generally they would prefer that they didn't happen or that they were minimized as much as possible. So I think that that, you know, that idea of let's reduce bad things is justified in the way people use the word. 
But is it? But I'm saying, how can you divorce that from the fact that people say that because bad things have negative consequences? So that's why they want them reduced. I'll if accept that that's why. I'll accept that that's why. I'm just not. I'm just not using that as a definition. Okay, but that's what I'm saying is, what? How does that part of your definition? I mean, why is that necessary to the definition? If you're not talking about the consequences, how, how is what necessary? I mean, I'm not giving a definition. I'm sort of... Well, you're saying bad is, bad things are, you know, something that's bad should be reduced in number. Yeah. And I just don't understand so why that's that just, is. That's a, that's a property of bad, you know, it's not a definition. Okay, but I'm saying, but this is, okay, it's a property of bad. Yeah. But it describes what bad is. It... it, it <laughs> It, I mean, it, it doesn't define bad. I, I think. I, I mean, I think it just it just it gives you it gives you something to work with. So, like, I'm trying to get you to the point where I'm actually doing something. Okay. <laughs> right. So, so I'm telling you, like, the minimum amount of things I feel like I have to stipulate to get there. Okay. So I'm stipulating that suffering's bad and that bad things should be reduced. Okay. Okay. So I think I'm there. <laughs> That's all I have to do. If I stipulate those two things, then if I if I see suffering, then I want to reduce that. Okay. That is? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I think that works. I mean, I feel like if 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 that's all you got, that's all you got. Uh, you know, I think if you don't want to put in real world you know, reality into the equation, then I think that works. But I feel like, you know, if you don't, if you don't know what a bad consequence is, then I don't know how you, it, it, you know. Well, I now, what I'm now I, you now, have the, that, that idea has the virtue of bad and good being defined for you before yeah. you get into it. Yeah. Because you don't know what's good and bad until you judge consequences. And then you can step back and say, things that are bad have bad consequences. Things that are good have good consequences. And then you can divorce the consequences and say things that are bad should be reduced. But that's predicated on the fact that it has, it has negative consequences. Otherwise, there's no reason to reduce it. Yes. You know, so I feel like it's, it's a weird property or definition of it because it, it, it is based on what we know about neg negative consequences. It but is. It, it is not using it to define itself, but it's right. operating in that same mode anyway. Sure. I mean, I want to get to the same place. I just don't want, I just want to avoid, you know, being circular. Yeah. So, so I shove off the problem of defining bad. I just give what I think is a reasonable property of it, and I give one thing that I think is bad. So then I'm, I'm you know, reducing what I have to assume to just these two little things. And then, you know, then I'm sort of off. So I, I don't know. That seems like <laughs> I like doing things that way because it, you know, it avoids the circularity thing. I guess the price I pay is that I have to just assume a couple of things. Yeah, and, and I mean, the same can you can use the same property and say something that's bad should be reduced because its consequences, you know, it sh it has consequences that should be reduced. Right. That's really what you're saying. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, so once I have this bad word ready to go, I can start talking about bad consequences. I mean, if the consequences involve suffering, then according to me, they're bad. 
so they should be avoided. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I so I'm having you know so I can I can I can work consequences in now. I just don't start with them. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. That's I mean it's fine the way you start, but you get to the same place no matter how you start. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, so why does it matter, you might ask? I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, because again, without, uh, without worrying about what the consequences are, you know, saying something is bad is just not actionable. You know? I mean, you can say, well, I, we reduced that, we avoided it, but that's sort of, like I said, I don't know what that means. When there's no sort of reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it might turn out that, you know, the only bad things are things with bad consequences. Mm-hmm. I just I just don't want to start with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah, reasonable I mean, to think that. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It's just sort of inevitable, inevitable, right, that, I mean, you can have something bad that has a good consequence, and it doesn't mean it's good. Yes, that's true. Um, that's true. But, yeah, I mean, there could be some weird, some weird contraption that, you know, you know, you push a button and it, it, you know, it sends pain to one guy and to somebody else, you know, some. But if uh, it, some but great if it has, if it has a bad consequence, but you know, nothing bad is gonna only have a good consequence. It shouldn't be bad if it only has a good consequence. <laughs> if it has a good consequence and bad consequence, it can be bad or good, depending on what's going on, right? So, like you just said, somebody's feeling pain and then somebody else is getting something else, right? Yeah. Like. Without the somebody feeling pain, then it's why are you calling it bad? Why is this something that should be avoided? Uh, so what did you say? You said if something has only good consequences, then it shouldn't be bad. I think I agree. Yeah, I don't know why it would be called bad if it only has good consequences. Yeah, that's that seems pretty unlikely. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's where you get into that when you define, I mean, these abstract concepts, you know, maybe, I guess, exist outside of, lang- you know, they exist outside of language or something, but, but we have to define them with language, and it, it is circular, because now I'm saying, now we're redefining what bad is, right? Now we're making sure that we don't include things with good outcomes and, and call that bad. Yeah, well, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not actually saying that yet. I'm just saying that seems unlikely. I I can't, you know, I I can't think. So if it if it only has good outcomes, then you know, it's it's hard to see how it's going to be bad. Well, that's what I'm saying because you're saying something is bad should be avoided and and reduced. Yeah. And and this thing has good outcomes, then you have to say, well, why should that be avoided and reduced? Yeah. And you, if it's good outcomes, it, it shouldn't necessarily, you know, obviously there's, you can have good outcomes and you don't want a lot of them. So good, um, yeah, and I, so good reciprocally should be, it should be the case that, you know, you, good things should be, you know, increased and promoted or, you know, the opposite, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. And something, and something that always has bad outcomes should not be called good. Yeah. 
Right, right. Yes, yes. I agree. I agree. But I think those are things you say after the fact. Mm-hmm. But the, but my point was they they go back into your original definition. They the point the problem with language is you get to redefine things, right? So you can start off the way you want to start off by saying, uh, "There's this word bad. There's this word good." Mm-hmm. I don't know what the consequences of these things are, but I know right. that for bad things, the consequences should be reduced, and for good things, the consequences should be increased. Yeah. Now, that's all well and good in the abstract. Then you have to make that actionable in the real world, and and the the real world is going to define what these words mean for you, right? Like, if, you know, because it could be that what you, you know, you say... You, could you? I mean, if you take these as your definitions or your properties, you have nothing. There's nothing to talk about unless you put them in a context, right? And then you can see if you're right or wrong about how you're defining these. Things. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So if you if you find something bad, if you find something that seems like it should be bad, but that you know should not be avoided or reduced. Then it's like it's like yeah you have this idea what good and bad is and you start off in a science experiment and then you know you're giving something that is deemed good and it's a little pill and this is a good pill and every time you eat it it makes you sick and you go well this is something that is defined as good but I want to minimize these consequences yeah. you know as much as possible therefore this thing is actually bad yes. So I yeah. feel like, you know, that's what I'm saying about, like, it's it's one thing oh, to it's have concepts least it's in not the abstract. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Well, but it's consequences that should be minimized, so it should be bad. Unless unless you think getting sick all the time is, is a good thing. I don't know. But, I mean. So I wouldn't put it the other way. I wouldn't put it that if you want to minimize it, it's bad. You know, I think there are neutral things that you might want to minimize. I'm just saying, if it's okay. bad, then you want to minimize it. Well, you just kind of said the opposite. So, I'm saying, I'm saying, you're you're given a pill that makes you sick. Yeah, that's bad. That that's something you want to minimize, right? Right, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. It does seem to mean that it's not good. Okay, but but isn't it something you want to minimize? Yes. So you're saying it's either bad or neutral. Yeah, it's either bad or neutral. It's definitely not good. Mm-hmm. No question about so then, that. Then you have to, but neutral seems like it should be something that that you don't necessarily want to minimize or not minimize. Right, neutral can go so, either way. Yeah, so I feel like it should be bad. And really, there are there are degrees. I think you of know. Of course, we're trying to. Yeah, I mean, we're sort of speaking in absolutes here. I feel like if, yeah. it's, if it's if it's something you say you want to reduce, then I feel like it should be bad by the definition of what bad is or okay. a property of bad. Fair enough. Or maybe yeah, you can I'm say, say no, it's not like, bad. Maybe, okay, maybe you can say it's not bad, but it has a property of ba- of being bad. Yes. Because that is a property of being. You're bad. right. It sh- it has something in common with bad things. Okay. That's true. As long as that's true, I'm fine. You don't have to call it bad, but you have to say it's like that. <laughs> I I totally agree. Yes, yes. It, right. it it looks it looks like a bad thing, but it might not be. I think. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but for, isn't for, it though? I, I don't oh, think okay. so. So you're saying in the case of it's making you sick, but then maybe it'll, it'll eventually make you better. 
Like, so you shouldn't call for it that. For example, for example. But, but yeah, yeah. I mean, what I had in mind was something, you know, something more, something more trivial, like, um, okay. like, 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 mm, oh, this is hard. Uh, I'm not good at this. I need something. This, uh, this doesn't quite work. Okay, this seems pretty good. So let's say, let's just say like, uh, like uh, you know, this is a bad example, but I'm just gonna try it. Let's just say like dirt, like dirt on your on your car. Okay. Okay. You know, I mean, not everyone's gonna agree with this, but I think at least some people would say that's something you want to reduce. Okay. But I'm not prepared to say that the dirt on your car is bad. I mean, I think it's pretty neutral. It's just dirt. Mhm. So that's so that's that's the um, kind of thing I have in mind. Okay, I can I, I can see that. I guess again, my brain wants to say, well, why why is it bad or neutral or not good? Uh, I mean, is, if it's if okay, I guess I should say, why do you want to reduce it? I mean, like, do you want to reduce it because it ruins the aesthetics of the car? Do you yeah, want to I mean, because different, it eats yeah. the paint job. Do you want to reduce it because yeah, you know for so any, any saying, of those reasons, I mean... Okay, okay. Yeah. so if you're saying it ruins the aesthetic of the car... Yeah. Then you're saying having 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 the aesthetic not ruined is something you want to maximize. Yeah. So that should be a good thing. Or at least a property of something good. Yeah, yeah. Therefore, I think dirt on your car is bad. Really? I don't know. To me, it just seems wrong to assign, like, morality to dirt on your car. Now, now listen. Now you're talking about morality. We weren't talking about morality before. We were talking about reducing negative consequences. That's. I don't know if that's – I mean, that's tied into morality. But I'm not calling the dirt bad as, as a judgment call. <laughs> I'm saying bad in terms of having it on your car. If in turn, if you if you count good as having it not on your car, right, having so, your car clean as, a, as a, in terms of aesthetics or something. So so yeah, I'm talking about the moral good and bad. Okay, okay. Well, that's uh, that's a different question. That's I mean, when I talk about suffering and stuff, I mean it's that you know that's that's why I'm that's why I'm doing all that. Mhm. You know, bad. You know, the way bad is used in general can be you know. Can can it can mean a lot of things. Yeah, but I, yeah, I specifically yeah. talk about, about the moral, morally bad. The moral yeah, bad. Yeah, now, now yeah. That, yeah, that opens up a whole another can of worms in terms of, um, you know, I mean, it's like my example of the pill would have been different. You know, it's like he, you're getting this pill that's making you sick. The consequences you want to minimize. You know, uh, but then but then you'd have to be questioning the morality of that of that pill or something. Is that a morally good <laughs> or a morally bad pill? Or really the morality is on the person who's giving you the pill or something like that. Um, I think it's weird for inanimate things to have moral values, maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Dirt on your, that's why I wasn't thinking in terms of morality with dirt on your car because it's dirt on your car. Yeah. Yeah. But it is something you, you know, at least some people would, would want to reduce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, I do. I do have in mind for the most part, like you know, things things that people do. Mm-hmm. That that's where you have morality for the most yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. It's the things that people do, and you want to, and there's good and yeah consequences or not. Yeah, yeah. Here's a question about morality and suffering. Okay. Pose this scenario to you. Is suffering still bad if, if, say, for instance, one person is tortured and that, you know, creates some unimaginable positive benefit for every other living being? <laughs> oh, scenarios. Um, Aren't they great? Right. So I'm going to say in that situation that the suffering is bad, but probably probably it's bad, you know, probably it's, it's still something that, you know, it's still, what do I want to say? It's, it it might be something you should do anyway, because of the, because of the, uh, you know, enormously good uh, effects that it's having. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well then, but that, but okay. So here's the thing. So if we ever get to a point where suffering leads to, to positive outcomes that we want to increase, does that change your definition that suffering is bad? No, I, I still say it's bad in itself. It's so it's weighing down, you know, to me on 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 the situation. So if 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 it were if it were making someone happy at that gave everyone the benefit, that would be better than the situation where torturing someone makes everyone's life better. Mm-hmm. You know, so. So I, I still say it's bad. I'm just saying, you know, the under the circumstances, you know, it's it's better to do it than well, not. Well, yeah, because that goes back to it being bad with good outcomes. Yes. But still has at least one bad outcome. Yes. And if it had all good outcomes, so that's that's what I'm trying to get you to say or not. If it has always <laughs> good outcomes, is suffering still bad when it always has good outcomes and never has bad outcomes? Is suffering I, still just bad? Yeah, I mean, so I I still say the suffering's bad. I just then why? I, then because I've just changed the nature of suffering. I've just changed what that means, right? Because I'm saying now when people suffer, it's not a bad thing. Nothing negative happens. It's actually good, including to but them. Including to them. Well, okay, yeah. If suffering isn't if suffering doesn't mean suffering anymore, then yeah, it's not bad. Well, that's what I, I, I want to hear. But... <laughs> If suffering, that's what I was saying. If it only has good outcomes, is it still bad? And you were like, yeah. And I'm like, why? <laughs> okay, I thought, again, again, I thought you meant good outcomes outside of the suffering itself. But, yeah, okay, I, I keep I keep not changing that. Okay, so now, now suffering means, like, being happy or something? Then, yeah, it's not bad anymore. <laughs> yeah. is, that, is that really what you're saying? That's what I was saying. Okay, okay. Just making sure that if 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 I change yeah, yeah, yeah. the outcome, the word, the word itself is not automatically attached to being bad. It's just okay, an English good. word, right? I mean, it stands for a concept. I don't know. I was trying to figure out. <laughs> it's not gonna, you know, if if the English language changes, you know, it's not gonna just be that whatever we call suffering now is bad just because it's called suffering. No, 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 no. It is a it's a concept. It's a concept. It's what it stands for, not the words. Mhm. Okay. Well, I see. I thought you were saying. I thought you were saying that one person suffers the usual definition, mm-hmm. but 
everybody else has their quality of life improved in some way. No, I'm saying like when you suffer, it's something good. Okay, okay, yeah. I'm changing what the word means. Right, right, right. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, okay, yeah. I'm totally on board, you know. Oh, good. Suffering just became good. I mean, you just said suffering is good now, so, okay. Mm -hmm. Boom, I just cured suffering. Pretty good. (laughs) Tell everybody. everybody, Suffering's the new good. good Yeah, look at that. (laughs) Got to come up with a new word for what you're doing, right? It's like, you're not suffering. Suffering's good, didn't you hear? All right, well, thanks for joining us on our uh, philosophy podcast. So what does this have to do with outlaws? <laughs> so we know that outlaw is something you want to minimize because okay. it's bad, and <laughs> in-law is something you want to minimize because it's good. No. Oh, man. Well, I hope that was I hope that was fun for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I think after the after the third or fourth, uh, suffering means good if it's bad with the outcomes being quick. This ain't lost. What are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It started with the Ajira versus Oceanic debate. Yeah. So tell us. Yes. Please, Please email us or comment. At the I gotta know. I gotta know. I, like I said, I have to admit, I I think I think Oceanic's gonna win. But damn it, I stand by it. I I think Ajira should win. You just want to be shot in the head instantly. You don't want any suffering. I, I just yeah, just shoot me in the head. I to me that's a great death. I don't want to know it's coming. Really? Oh no. Yeah. I wanna, I, I I mean I don't want to be in moral mortal panic for my last couple minutes of death with, like, a gun pointed in my head and I don't know when it's going to go off, you know, like Alex dying or something. Yeah. Like, I don't necessarily want that. But uh, I want something between that and instant <laughs> death. <laughs> I see. You know what I mean? I don't, I, I just, and, you know, because I don't really have a fear of dying, you know, because it's like you're dead. My fear is that those last moments of not being able to process that you are living, you know, leaving a conscious existence. And I feel like that is, you know, something like the most important part of your life if you get to experience it. Oh, dear. It. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I, I feel like once you're dead, you're dead. That's 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 its own thing. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not afraid of a state of existence that I can't comprehend. Uh, I'm afraid of, of moving to that state without you know, almost like, you know, like tying it to loss without feeling like I can move on or something without understanding, you know. I, I want to have I want to have some, some final thoughts. So let's just put it, leave it at that. I want to have some final thoughts before I leave this YouTube I see. reality, before I'm just instantly in, into non-existence or whatever else is afterwards. I see. So, I think so if I can choose, if I can choose, I choose the one where I get to have some, some final thoughts. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess I I can let go of the final thoughts. I I as we I think we established probably too many times. I think suffering is bad, and it, well, really, why? <laughs> God damn it! It has nothing to do with the facts, apparently. Um, so I haven't heard. I haven't heard. You think it? I, I didn't know that. 
I feel like like hundreds of people just turned it off again. They uh, tuned back in and like, God damn it, there's still Yeah, exactly. They decided like maybe at the end they'll change the subject. So, so because I think that you know, and because you know, protracted deaths I think often involve suffering. You know, I'm inclined to say, um, you know, to just sort of play the odds and say I I would rather have a quick painless death where I don't get final thoughts. But at, but I don't suffer. I, you know, I would rather have that than, you know, a, a, a longer involved death that may or may not, you know, involve suffering. Mm-hmm. That's just, you know, I'm just sort of, you know, gambling that that's going to be better. It may not be, but I, I feel like it's, you know, I, I'm, I'm comfortable making that bet, I guess. Yeah. So that's that's sort of that's sort of why, you know, why why I'm going with the uh with the with the with the quick death and not really knowing what's going on. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean cuz it's like at the end of the day you're dead anyway. So Yeah. I'm not going to care whether I suffered or not. True. I'm going to, you know, and I'm not going to care whether I had final thoughts or not. Exactly. Exactly. You're not going to care whether you have final thoughts. So it's really just for the benefit of you know you being you know what what you get to do when you're alive. That's really the only big difference. Yeah, it is. You know, it is. It's about it's about what you value more or what you the opposite of value more. Devalue. value. Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah, because it's just like I feel like if you go out in an instant. You, you know, that's all you got. Yeah. And you know, you're gonna you, then you're dead. Versus versus having some final thoughts. Okay, maybe you should you know get hit by a car, but you don't die instantly. You're you know bleeding to death or something, and you're, you know, you're in pain, but you're dying, but you have some final thoughts. Um. Yeah, I choose that one. Okay. Because the pain, you know, all that stuff is transitory literally <laughs> and because uh, you're dying and um i'd rather i'd rather i, I don't know but it's, maybe it's selfish i well i guess any of that kind of stuff is selfish but you know i want some i want some time to put life in perspective before i leave it and maybe 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 your answer to that is do it before you get hit by a car <laughs> um <laughs> yeah ideally but nevertheless ideally. nevertheless I mean, I want that time too. I'm just saying, you know. No, you don't want it. You don't want it at I, all. No, I want it. Give no, me you it. can't have it. You can't have it. You Why can't, can't I have it? Because you said you want to be 316. They didn't get it. <laughs> I, that's not what I want overall. I'm just saying. You chose it. That's what you wanted. That's what you got. You got two helpings of it. <laughs> I got it. I, just follow you out. I don't want you to just come up and shoot me. It's not. That's what I heard. It's not what I'm into. <laughs> That's not what you're into. No. You should really change your online personals profile because <laughs> under hobbies you have people walking up to me and shooting me. Yeah, no, I, it's you know, it's just, it's just that you know, I mean, you're gonna die some way, and I, you know, I, I'm just saying, like, I, I think that. That I think that's preferable to a lot of scenarios of longer, drawn-out deaths. Here's another ridiculous scenario. Would you rather be on a plane 
the cabin depressurizes and I don't know, you just die instantly somehow, mm-hmm. or or you or you know you fall out of the plane and you plummet to your death. But you have a couple minutes of free fall <laughs> for your final thoughts and all that stuff. The first one, absolutely, insta death. No question. You don't want the terrifying no. free fall of death. I don't want the terrifying See, free I, fall where I, I get those I great final to... thoughts of, well, now I'm going to find out what it's like to die falling from 3,000 feet in the air. I almost, I think I want that. I don't know. We're just wired differently. I think you I, really want you know, that? You can have it. You can, can have, have yours, mine. too. Can I Take have twice yours? the time. Sweet. Um, I don't want that at all. I mean, not that I want, obviously, the same way you want final thoughts, I want not to suffer. But um, I also think there's, I don't know, there's something appealing about being close, knowing you're going to die. Appealing? Wait, let me finish. Okay, okay, sorry, sorry. I wasn't done. I know I paused, but I wasn't done. Okay, okay. Appealing about, you know, sort of sort of seeing uh seeing your endpoint close but having and having time to reconcile that. There's something appealing about that. You know? Um versus like a, you know, I've said this twenty times already, versus just, you know, instantly dying and having being on a normal flight and all of a sudden the cabin depressurizes and boop, my consciousness is gone. You know. That versus I'm falling, free falling for a minute or two, you know, from thirty thousand feet. That's gonna be fun for a little while, I gotta <laughs> say. There's, when I'm up high and I and I, you know, get my bearings straight that I just fell out of a plane and I'm have half of a thought about the people on the plane and now I'm really worried about me though. Um, it's gonna be. It, it, I'm gonna enjoy and hey. If I have a cell phone, maybe I can make a phone call before I die. <laughs> wow. Nice. You know, at least at least, you know, have a text message and maybe my phone will survive or something, I don't know. But um that's the kind of thing that makes me want to have those final moments is just I wanna I wanna have I guess it's like I said about it being selfish. I feel like it's almost wanting to have control, you know, wanting to insert a little control into the the inevitability of this death uh scenario. Of saying, even though I'm dying, I'm going to be able to be happy about whatever, or think about whatever, or wonder about whatever, you know. Because you don't get to you don't get to really do that to the same degree, you know, in sort of your normal life, um, versus when you're in a situation of impending death, you know. Right. You can ponder about your life and death all you want, but if you're not facing death right at that moment or very soon, it's going to be different. So. Right. That's that's just where I side on that. I, you know, even even though I know I'm gonna hit the ground really hard. I mean, I, that's basically an instant death. I mean, I'm not gonna really feel that if I'm lucky. Yeah. Um. So I'm not gonna really be too worried about the actual impact. You know, that's better to me than like you know, getting sliced to death or bleeding to death or something like that. I mean, that's still an instant death where you're you're in mortal terror. Because you're free falling towards the ground without a parachute, but you still got some some final thoughts, right? So sign me up for that one. <laughs> all right, all right. You're 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 down. Nice. Enjoy your uh, enjoy your plummeting. I will. I will. 
I'm going to check my email before I go, make sure I don't have to uh, return anyone's email, and uh, maybe see what's on Huffington Post before I hit the <laughs> ground. I'm hoping to have my cell phone handy so I can check these important things. You know, see what the uh, trending topic is on Twitter. Um, just, just before oh, I go. Wow. <laughs> hey, maybe I'll maybe I'll call in a talk show and say a little final, <laughs> final word. Wow. Wow. Final podcast. See, you don't get a final podcast. You're in the plane <laughs> and you're dead. I get a final you're podcast. Right. Okay, okay, you do. You're right. I'm going to forfeit that. <laughs> I'm willing to. Oh, because you don't want to hit the ground. You don't want to be scared for a couple minutes mm-hmm. hitting the ground. Yep. <laughs> I'll pass on that. Taking the easy way out. I want the easy way out. Well, let the let the record uh, be known to the listeners who's the real dedicated podcaster here. Even falling out of an airplane, I'm podcasting. <laughs> Justin doesn't want to. You know, if I could do some kind of posthumous podcast, I would. <laughs> yeah, talk to really has bad quality from across the uh, <laughs> ether there. But, yeah, I mean, in the moments before my – okay, you know what? I'm just going to own it. In the moments before my death, podcasting is not going to be high on my priority list. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. I mean, oh, I love wow. podcasting. It's cool. I enjoy it, but it's just not up there with, you know, the things I want to think about before I'm dying. Well, you don't have time in your scenario. That's why. See, I have time. In my well, scenario. even if I did, but, yeah, you're right. I'm not going to think about anything. See, I wouldn't think about it in your scenario either. Right. You don't have time, but, I mean, I got a couple minutes. You got a couple minutes. You're going to get to – you're going to – you're going to use those couple of minutes to – to increase your podcast output by just right. a little. Just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I so in making the choice to not do that, I'm I'm bypassing that opportunity and I'm uh I'm willing to do that and if that says something about my dedication Oh my god, this guy broken down automatically five minutes. To extend the time by sixty minutes, press star eight. So, I haven't heard that guy in a long time. Would you be A15 or 316, talk shoe guy? Uh, yes, A15. <laughs> <laughs> if he responded, it would be pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Because I think, I think if we wrote the talk shoe people and told them that... Um, <laughs> that their program had become conscious, I think they would be really afraid. They didn't believe that he came in to tell us to press star eight. So they're really not going to believe they created uh, artificial consciousness in their in their conference software. But it almost seems like something that could happen because I feel like they really don't they really don't fully understand what they've created over there. Yeah, they don't know all the different features and stuff. Yes. But, like, it's not programmed to do that. <laughs> and they, they looked. They couldn't even find what causes that to happen. Like, it's buried in some place that even they couldn't find. Wow. And it's still wow. there. Like, TalkShoe's been on, like, it's been out for so long. Like, I'm sure at this point other people have experienced that. It's so strange that, like, 
you know, I guess it's because most podcasts don't go that long, but. I almost feel like he was not lying, but like, I don't know. I don't know what the word is. I almost feel like, you know, it's not a, it's not a, um, unreasonable feature, right? It's not like it's something weird that's in the software. It's something you can see why they put it in there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's stupid. If you're still talking, it should still go. But I mean, to ask if you want to continue is a reasonable feature. So I don't know. Part of me feels like he was confused or just didn't know what we're talking about. It's just weird that he he would make it seem like it just made, made no sense. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody, um, and during uh, our uh, philosophical debate about the nature of good and evil. Um, which was appropriate for outlaws. Yes. Um, <laughs> let's just go with it. Um, and we'll be back next week with In Translation, or I should say dot, 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 In Translation. Thank you, yes. The full title, right? Um, which I remember a little bit about. I'm sure it's gin and something and the raft and mm-hmm. so all good things. Son speaking English. Uh oh. All that business. And I think I think we get like the other side of that gin coming home with the blood on his hand. Mm, okay. Yeah. I think I think that's where More they do pike. that. More yeah. Daddy yeah. issues. Yes. 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 <laughs> Son's dad, who must be in on all this conspiracy. Surely. Yep. Surely. And more business partner, right? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's going to show up on the island at some point. Yeah. Can't wait. They really should have told us that Son and Jen were sent there by Pike or something. Yeah. Or, you know, they, they, I mean, obviously, Jen had a mission that Pike sent him on. That's true. And Son was trying to sort of escape her father in a way. Yeah. But uh, it wasn't sort of super direct as it could have been. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty eh, circumstantial. And I, I like, like I, I come away, <laughs> this is really late to be saying this, but I come away thinking that, like, he really, he never, he never knew about the island at all. Well, why would he? Right? I mean, I yeah, like I that's the impression I get. Him and Widmore <laughs> Like him and Widmore probably just talk business. Like I doubt I doubt Widmore brought up the fact that he used to be an a part of this strange cult on, on an island. Yeah. yeah, no, he didn't. Like that's a weird thing to bring up in a like high powered business like, you know, golf game or whatever. Mhm. No, I'm sure it was strictly business. Yeah. Well, and that was the, that's the problem too, right? Is you can imagine Pike doing something with Widmore, you know, because we know Widmore's interested in the island. But you know, there wasn't any, you know, contrary to what Ben said, there wasn't any like money to be made on the island. Like, you know, Widmore's not trying to turn it into the new Jurassic Park or something. You know, I think that's the impression you get from Widmore at the beginning that he's got some yeah. business and financial interest in the in yeah. monetizing. Island and and that then you go oh okay well Pike is a businessman too they're in on it together yeah that's not they want to like exploit the island somehow yeah that's really not the case yeah yeah he just he was just really into into the island for personal reasons and we never find out how he got there 
No, we don't. He was just there. He's just there. There's some story, I guess, but yeah, no, you don't. He got there pretty young. Mm-hmm. You at least know that, but and he was there for a huge portion of his life. And he died there. And he died there in a closet. Closet. <laughs> so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Where did you die in a closet? <laughs> hey, Charlie, where did you die? In an underground station. That's pretty cool. That's better. Much better. I mean, underwater station, I should say. Yes. What did you say? Underground. Oh, underground. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, water grounds. Water grounds, same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one has good consequences, one has bad consequences. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I don't know if they're good or bad yet, so... You don't know if they're good or bad yet. <laughs> but you can use the word bad before you talk about the consequences. That's right. Isn't that great? It's awesome. It really helps me. <laughs> All right, anything else before we wrap it up? Um, I you know what, I think that I think that does it. I think that does it too. Uh thanks and namaste. Namaste and good luck. <laughs>